Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Price drop, time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. My dad was Phil Simms, who Jeff Hostetler came in and won the Super Bowl without Phil Simms there. It's a f- team sport. I always thought Jeff Hostetler was underrated, maybe a better quarterback than Phil <laughs> Get on my podcast. <laughs> Oh, yeah, what's up? It's Wednesday, December 20th. It's Chris Sims unbuttoned. And after that clip that you just heard, Ahmed Farid will not be here hosting the show anymore. We're looking for a new host. Yeah. Currently, he's done. I've had it with him. How dare he disrespect the big fucker that way? It's the farewell tour. This is the final one. <laughs> the farewell it's been nice tour. being here. He's out of here, but we're here. Uh, it is the Wednesday before Christmas. My man's here. He's looking sharp. What's up? How you doing? Good. What Good. Have you been How doing, you doing the last day? Anything last few days? Anything new? Nothing really. No? It's been time with the family yeah. um doing the ready. pre-game show on saturday yep yeah, here I've, we go going into the big chair it was like maria is obviously we all know right, right. maria is is going to have her first child yes. and we're all excited about that right and so you had a nice send-off to her uh, at halftime of the right. last game and then chris goes in the middle he goes what are we gonna do we're losing our patrick mahomes and so here comes Chad Henney. Jeff Hosteller. <laughs> That's me. Maybe not as much talent, but I'm there. I've got the position. So, yeah, I'll be with you Saturday and through the rest of the year on, on Football Night. Do you want to tell the people how you really wanted to make your entrance onto Football Night in America? <laughs> well, you know, I thought it might have been. You don't been, know where to go with this, do you? I thought it might have been kind of funny to play into it, like me emerging from under the desk. And right. like, it's a boy. It's a boy. It's Ahmed. He's ready to host. He's a chip off the whole block. Uh, no, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm pumped. There. You guys, you guys have such a good time. You got to get a good thing going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come along for the ride. I'm just gonna be there. I'm gonna watch you guys go and try to stay out we're, of the way. We're all excited for you. And, you know, and Devin McCourty, he was asking questions about you a few weeks ago because he doesn't know you all that well, yeah. right? And we were, of course, saying good things about you and, <laughs> you know, just you're funny. And you got to, I, I told him, I was like, you got to pay attention when Ahmed speaks because yeah. he'll say a really funny joke in the normal serious tone <laughs> and it'll be like a minute later and you'll be like, oh man, that was funny. I yeah. didn't catch it when he said it. And all of a sudden it hits you. So I prepared him for that for sure. And I won't, I won't even know it's funny when I say like Paul Blart. Right. He was like he was just pretending you didn't know who well, he was. I also told he him know who don't he was. make any movie references around you. I, I did say that. Yeah, uh, it, it, you can't do that. You make everybody feel weird with that one. It does make everyone feel weird. Like how do you not how do know you that? Not know that movie uh, or that line. Um, all right. So, but the good thing for me is that I am already well versed in what's happening in football because I've been sitting by you for uh, for five years now, um, and we've got a good one today because we kind of brainstorm. Usually, this is kind of what the f happened. Yeah. You know, looking for some nuggets. Right. 
but we wanted to s- switch it up a little bit. You did do a deep dive on the Cowboys and I Bills. Did. I kind of had more of a fun day yesterday watching film. Just going, I wrote a little notes from things you saw, yeah. you know. But I kind of wanted to just go around and maybe watch some other units that I found. Like, hey, I haven't watched them in a while. Let me just kind of zoom through it and yeah. enjoy watch what I call not always like grind through <laughs> every detail and do all that. So I uh, I had fun doing that with my Tuesday yesterday. So we'll sprinkle that in right. in a way that we're doing it this time. It is basically we have asked all of the teams and all of the homies who follow those teams, all I want for Christmas is what? And so we took all the playoff teams and we're going to put them in a wheel. We're going to pick them at random here. It was the brainchild of Matt Casey when he came in here, and so we threw that together. Pick Good job. Hat. Good job, Kristen. And then Mr. AI, artificial intelligence, is like, I can find oh, a like, wheel where we can make this we work. Can do that. And then Kristen made it happen. So, uh, But what we're going to do is basically what this is, is one thing. Yeah. What's the one thing yep. that these teams need that is realistic, too. Yes, realistic. That's, that's not just that's like, the thing, like, get yeah. me an all-star quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Almost, right. Like, okay, like, we can't do that. Exactly. But exactly. what's the one that could significantly improve their chances of either you know moving farther in the playoffs, getting into the playoffs, or winning a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, that's right. the idea. Right. All right, so... Let's let's do it. Let's we, we got it all was a the, fun exercise. We, we got all it of actually, the actually like you. This is your idea, so let's just throw that out there. Amin yeah. loves to throw work on my table. He loves to throw <laughs> it on my feel plate. Bad about that. <laughs> no, it's okay. But it was. It, you know, it's one of those when you said it at first. I was like, oh yeah, that would be easy. But then you know me. As I start to get into it, I start to go. Well, wait, I can't half-ass this. Hold on. There's some real, what are we going to, how do you fix this team? What's the thing we could wish for? Uh, and it made me think a little bit, too. I actually enjoyed it. It, it makes me a smarter football evaluator well, when you do these things. Good, good. So, yeah. you, so thank you is what There's you're trying positive. to say to me. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, there was. Silver uh, lining. I, I did some work, too, getting some stats and some categories where they struggle. And, again, some of these might not be able to be fixed at this point, so you just have to manage yeah, them. right. Uh, so, Kristen, let's do it. Let's spin the wheel. I got our first team here. All I want for Christmas for oh, ooh, almost my Lions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yo ho, yo ho, the Pirates' life for me. So now I scroll through all my notes here yep, to get to you it. You put here. the Bucks at the bottom. <laughs> oh great! Right? Uh, all right, so uh, yep, I did watch this game. Ooh, that's right? true. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a fan of what they're doing right now on the offensive side of the ball. Dave Canales, Baker, they've hit their stride. I feel like they've found what Baker likes. I think they finally realized what they are as a team. Baker made a comment about a month ago, like, I don't think we're a run-first team. And really, ever since he's made that, they've made him more of an effort to throw the ball. And they're one of the most explosive teams throwing the football in the NFL over the last few weeks. And Baker can toss it. We know that. And he's got some weapons on the outside. So credit to that. And their O-line's pass protecting. To me, when you get into Buccaneers' wishes, it's all about the defense, it, 100%. And a little underwhelming. Now, where I give them credit is, you know, they bend a lot. They're pretty good at forcing you to field goals. You don't score a ton of touchdowns. Like, their points, you know, per game average on that side of the ball is good. Mm -hmm. But my biggest issue, and you've heard me say this in other games with them, right? I really made fun of them in the C.J. Stroud Texans game where I went, they're throwing at every play. They're gashing you. Let's stop playing like it's the 92 Cowboys with Emmitt Smith and we're worried about the run game. Like at some point, get off of it. So if I had to make one thing for them, it would be stop going all in on run defense. That would be what it is. Trust your front a little bit. They got some big physical people up there. They don't always need to go, oh, we have to outnumber every running play in the history of the planet. Right? That, that to me, is a fault they have. 
They overplay the run too much, and even as you saw with Jordan Love and other games as well, they, they let up too many big plays in the pass game because they're just too favorable a pass looks for the opposing team's quarterback, mm-hmm. and that's, to me, where an area they can certainly adjust a little bit. To back up your point here, a right. uh, little research that I did here, the Broncos the are tied for last with the Washington Commanders for giving up the most plays, pass plays, of 15 or more yards. Too many man-to-man instances or we blitz six and we play a zone behind it and the, the, the holes are too big. And it's, you know, Todd Bowles, people are expecting it a little bit. So they're very well prepared to pick up all the blitzes because they're going, damn, it's Todd Bowles, he's going to do it, right? I take it back to the Super Bowl. You know, the Super Bowl, how they beat the Chiefs, right? If they play it the same way, the Chiefs are going to win that Super Bowl, as they did in the regular season matchup when Mahomes and them put up like 38 or 39 points Mm. on them, right? He adjusts. He plays a little more conservative, keeps safeties back. All of a sudden, life became hard on Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offense, right? I just wish he would take a little of that approach here right now. You know, I think he's doing a little bit of a disservice to his own defense with how aggressive they are. It's funny, too. They've given up the second most yards after catch in the NFL too and so it's like they don't have as many guys back that's what i mean it's speaking to the gaps they are it's either one-on-one we're on an island and if that guy misses the tackle it's we're off to the races or it's a six-man zone blitz where you go okay yeah if they throw the ball here there's a big void here he's got space and you know it's hard for defenders to bring you down on the first attempt when there's that much space and it's a good ball carrier receiver with the ball like that all right that's good fix that if you get that for christmas and then you can kind of propel yourself to be a a better playoff team because I, i don't know they look like a playoff team, at least offensively. And so let's dig a little bit deeper into yeah. a couple of things you saw right. on the offensive side there. You loved what you saw from from Baker Mayfield in this game. Yes. Um, um, what about that? They, they attack. You know, you, you know me. I'm, this is, we're, we're out of the era of, like, you know, mid-2000s, Brady, Breeze, 2009. You know, we're going to be efficient, throw for 75%. We're going to be, you know, 22 for 24, right? Every throw is going to be seven yards. Like, th- that stuff doesn't win games anymore. It doesn't. You know, you can if you got the right team around you. I, I understand it's not in totality, but I think you know what I'm saying is a gist. You know, you've heard me argue the last few years the teams, the quarterbacks that are the best, the most dangerous, you know, Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, you know, Brady with the Bucks, Stafford with the Rams. It's the ones that are attacking in the pass game, right? And that's why I've said to everybody, back the fuck off on the interceptions thing. It's not as big a deal as people are making it out to be, right? So that's what I like about them. They really put the pressure on you that way. Put the pressure on you to such a degree and make you play such pass defense that now they're starting to run the ball a little bit. But the other thing that they do off of it is, and you've heard me say this, they throw the ball down the field and then they have a good screen game to the receivers and the running backs, let alone throw the ball down the field and Baker's doing the right thing as far as being aggressive but not reckless and instead of being reckless he's going wait this Rashid White is pretty good underneath if they're all going to get deep and cover Godwin and Evans here you go and he makes some people miss and they've infused him into the pass game as well so that's what I really like and Baker's throwing the ball as good as I've ever seen him throw it that's the other thing remember like in years past where I'd go he he overthrows at times like Mm. he's got an incredibly strong arm and it's like 105 miles per hour wasn't hard enough. I've got to throw it 108 miles per hour. Yeah, but you're missing targets, 
right? And like he would dig back and his head would whip and the arm would whip. Right now it's smooth. It's poetry in motion and they got something working there a little bit with, with their, their new offensive formula. It was basically everything that you listed about their offense you like their offensive line pass it's protection really, was really it's, good it's really improved Rashad yeah. White his usage is right. a check down you yes. really like too and so yep. I, they're kind of developing into a pretty scary offense I think actually. they can be, can be scary there's no doubt I think when you couple that together and again I think with some of the playmakers they got on D you know, I'm not expected it to be a world-breeding D, but I yeah. think they can be a, you know, stout pain in your ass D come playoff time but when you talk about Evans Godwin right K. Dotton David Moore, Rashid White, that's a pretty good group as far as, yeah. uh, you know, uh, playmakers, right? And, you know, that added to, like I said, the formula of aggressive screens and RPOs. That's kind of how they keep you honest in defending the whole field right now. It's working, and uh, kudos yeah. to the Bucks. All right, Chris is starting to burp again, so it's time to take a pause <laughs> and spin the wheel. Our next team here, our next playoff-ish team that we're going to give them exactly what they want for Christmas is the Cleveland Ooh, Browns. We're that's a good the, one. The Cleveland Browns. They My got man lot. crush on defense right now are the Cleveland Browns. The whole team. The whole team. You have a man crush on many men. A men crush. A man A men crush, right. A plethora of men. I really do. <laughs> but you, you know me. I love an old school defense that, as I was saying, kind of Sunday night. They go for the kill every play. They're like... It's, it's third and four. They're not worried about, like, let's stop them for the first down. They're literally like, let's make it fourth and ten, right? Like, fuck even leaving cutting it close. We're not even going to let them complete a pass or dream about it. And, you know, that's where I – it's rare to see a defense that aggressive this day and age in the NFL, play after play after play. So that's why I do love them. So you don't need to get them anything on the defensive side of the Ooh, ball. No, you don't. We're no, good there. I, nope, they are good there. So There's no defensive problems. What gift are you giving them? My only gift to them is, and you, this is not going to surprise you, is manage Joe Flacco a little bit, okay? He's not a rookie. I get that. We're not managing him. But you do got to be careful about what plays you call in, what, in certain situations. As you heard me say, you know, if you call a deep throw, he's going to throw it deep. You just got to know. That's Joe Flacco. That's what he's been, right? So be careful. If you're going, mm, we can't afford an interception or something bad happened here right now, don't call those type of plays, right? That's where I'd be careful with him, you know? Or, hey, if he's starting to be in one of his modes of holding the ball too long, patting the ball 74 times because he's looking for somebody downfield, and then he gets strip sacked or anything like that, those are other things, again, be careful in those moments. They got to stay on Joe Flacco. It's not like a rookie, but they got to keep staying on him to go, hey, Joe, remember, you know, remember how those teams were when you were with the Ravens? Remember when they were with the Ravens? Like, you hand it off, you hand it off, oh, you hand it off. Oh, you throw a laser to Anquan Bolden, you hand it off. Uh, oh, we punted, oh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed play defense, and you get the ball, and we hand it off. And you throw another laser to Anquan Bolden, touchdown, right? I mean, that's what he's got to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. He's got a team here where he can make a run in the AFC playoffs in a big way because of this defense. But don't forget who brought you here. It's the defense, and they got to play through the D a little bit more. And within that, they got to manage Flacco just a little. It is a really fascinating season it's for amazing. them because of all the quarterback injuries. They're still nine and five right now, and like you just mentioned, they are thirty first in the NFL in interception rate, and they have the most total turnovers in the NFL. So completely opposite to how you would think you'd want to play with this defense. Just don't turn the ball offense. Don't turn the ball over. 
If you punt it, that's okay. They've done the exact opposite of that, and they're still nine and five. I, it's a, it's a crazy good. It's crazy amazing. And I could see Stefanski and the organization going, "Hey, our defense is that good. Maybe we can take those chances." Mm. My point would be, um, you're not going to do that in the playoffs against the best teams in football. That's the that, you're not going to get away with that consistently. You might get away with it against the Bears, who are a young, talented team on the up, up and up, but you know, still not primed and polished quite yet for playoff type football right yeah that is the big thing you know you're not going to beat the ravens if joe flacco throws three interceptions you're not and you're not going to you know beat some of the other teams that you're not going to beat the dolphins or the chiefs if they throw three interceptions now if he throws zero interceptions right i would go you're going to have a chance to play with anybody in any game because your defense is that special and aka we saw them beat the 49ers at home when they just take care of the football yeah. well in fact even that day they didn't take care of it they threw two interceptions in that Which day it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> it really is uh, so we have some homies out there who are browns fans that are chiming in with what they want for christmas for their team living like lay says this might sound crazy but if the browns can just run it a little bit better and flacco limits turnovers yeah. who can't beat them with that defense they beat the 49ers with pj walkers basically what you that's just what i'm saying yeah said. you know their, their run game yeah they could say a hair more patient I, they're beat up on the o-line you know I'm, i don't think they're totally cold you know sold on their running back situation so they're playing through the pass a little bit more but yeah uh, i think you uh, you uh, you and me at living like lay uh, we're on the same page of that one yeah yeah no one can beat that defense is what he is saying nigel bryant says, all I want for Christmas is a healthy Browns roster. Would be the best threat to the 49ers Super Bowl hopes. Corners to match up with Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle. Front four capable of getting home. Uh, let's dig a little deeper into that. Let's yeah. go inside the numbers. Powered by AWS. You've been so complimentary about the Cleveland Browns and the defensive secondary and how they can play with Ooh. anyone back there. Yes. So Next Gen Stats has a stat for that. Of course they do, right? So cornerbacks in this season, minimum 40 targets. Who has the best coverage success percentage? And we have three Cleveland Browns in the top five. Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom, and Denzel Ward all in there. It's, it's uh, amazing. Now, of course, they have a little pass rush, right, that helps them out. Yeah. So that's a good thing. But let me just say this. Emerson, Jalen Johnson, Newsom, and Denzel Ward, right? And then we have Joey Porter. But the top four names on there, Emerson, Johnson, Newsom, and Ward, you know, to me, this is where stats can lie a little bit, Uh right? The top four, where it's really impressive, they're on an island a ton, Mm -hmm. a ton. I mean... Cleveland that you just you know you just heard me talking about it I joke about it I was joking on Sunday I'm going look at this they're all bump and run it's second and seven and they're just going go ahead throw it deep we'd like to see you try right so that's where they're impressive you know Joey Porter good player good start to his career but they're more of a zone team they don't want him to be in that type of situation quite as much right so that's where they're phenomenal and that's where hey like, if there's any defense in football that matches up best with the 49ers, it's, it's them. There's no doubt about that. Mm. There's no doubt. Now, their offense versus that 49ers defense and the way the Niners defense is playing now compared to then, that would scare me a little bit. But their defense certainly can hang in there with the 49ers. One more nugget. The opponents have a league low. Oh, have lost a league low. Negative 157 expected points added on pass plays against the Browns, the third lowest by a defense in a season since 2016. So it's, it's historic. It's incredible. It really is. It's, it, it is. And the, the pressure they apply to you on that side of the ball with pass rush, creative blitzes, 
in-your-face coverage, and then their zones are pretty good too. I mean, there's nothing that's a, a weak point on that Cleveland Brown defense. And that was Inside the Numbers, powered by AWS. So, Kristen, well done hitting the animation for AWS. And now we boot up the wheel once again. Perfect transition. We see who is here. We have eliminated the teams we have already done. The wheel is going around and around. And we have the, oh, almost, Whoa. wait, what is that? The oh. Bills. Wow, Whoa. it was right on the it line was like between the Bills, Bills and Dolphins. Dolphins. Mm, maybe that's going to tell us who will win the AFC East. Mm. <laughs> Adding some drama to the pod. All right, so we do the Buffalo Bills, and you did also do a deep dive on I the Bills and the run game, what's yeah. going on with the Cowboys. So we'll do them together here. Uh, but let's start with the Bills, and uh, what do they need for Christmas or this holiday season? This ain't going to surprise you. You know what I'm going to say here. Take the pressure off of Josh Allen. That's what that's that's the they that's all they need to keep doing along the lines of what we saw last week. Now I know that was a little drastic, right? I don't expect the Josh Allen and the Bills to win a lot of games with him throwing for ninety yards, but you know what I'm saying. You know, as we said the other day, it's the first time I could ever remember the Bills actually won a game you know, in spite of Josh Allen being just average that day, right? And that's what the that's what it called for, and they did the right thing. But yes, you know that that's what's exciting about them is that maybe they've turned a leaf here with the new attitude. There's definitely a little more creativity in the run game, and a little bit more persistence with it. Let alone the using of of Cooks, where I think James Cook, where they looked at it and they went, "Wait, he's definitely one of our most explosive players. We need to give him the ball more, anyway." So uh, that's where I'll say, and and hopefully they can continue that. So let's let's get into that a little yeah. bit deeper here, um, because I, I'm curious to to see exactly what they're doing and if this was a situation where the Cowboys made it easier on them than yeah. other teams will. Um, but let's let's start with Joe Brady because he's the new offensive coordinator over yeah. there. I, I think you were underwhelmed by what you saw from him in Carolina, right? Um, but he had a ton of success yep. in uh, college before that that's at right. LSU. He, they did have some big moments. He He's got some, the good basics. That's, some guys yeah. who produced in that right. offense who right. are, are not producing now. That offense is giving us nothing at this point. Um, different players, obviously, there too. Um, but now... He's done some things with the Buffalo Bills. What Joe Brady? Yeah. What do you think of him and the job he has done with them? I I, I think it's you know, it's pretty damn remarkable what he's done. Uh, I think when you just you know again he's I think simplified the offense a little bit, and not not that I want to say the plays are simpler, but just maybe the thought process a little bit of like. You know, you know, getting in Josh Allen's head. Hey, if it's open downfield, take it. But if it's not, be conservative. Throw it underneath or run. Do something like that. But none of this like hold the pile, hold the ball, hold the ball. Oh, I think I could squeeze it in this tight window. Oh, that was a stupid throw. My bad, coach. Right. That's that's ended. Right. And I and I think they I think they've tried to utilize some other guys and they've made it more about we're just going to make Stephon Diggs the number one read all the time. Right. I think they've tried to have some plays where Shakir is the first read. Gabe Davis is the first read. They've tried to infuse the tight ends into it a little bit more. Right. I think there's that. And then the running the football is definitely uh, a different aspect. The running the football and the throwing to James Cook out of the backfield. My problem with them in Carolina was there was too many plays where I just went, well, damn. You know, not only you know did is this play not like a wow to me, but I've already seen you run this play four times, and we're 
late in the second quarter, and we're going to it again, right? So I think he's learned from that a little bit, and there's a versatility in his attack, and I think some of it's what he's taken from Ken Dorsey and what he has in his own playbook, and then he's combined that to a degree. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is just the toughness up front, the physicality, and some of the run game ideas they have. And to me, the run game ideas and what they did obviously were the headline of the game on Sunday, and they absolutely dominated the Dallas Cowboys up front, who were missing Jonathan Hankins, but, I mean, dominated. The Dallas defensive tackles, uh, they should be embarrassed. The Dallas linebackers, they're not good. The Dallas safeties, they're just okay. And, you know, Buffalo attacked that middle of the defense a lot. Micah Parsons pretty important to that defense for him to Very. be a super superstar for them. It seems like. They're all D line and chaos and corners. That's what the Cowboys are. They're just D line and corners. That's their defense, and I don't know if that's enough to to beat the the best teams in football. Coach Ferratu says for my Dallas Cowboys, um, what he wants for Christmas is size, size, size. I do love their fast twitch, yeah. stunt heavy defensive that's linemen, right. but it's high time we get some bigger guys to really dominate against playoff caliber run games. You have some screenshots that indicate what James Cook and the Buffalo Bills did well with a running game and also perhaps maybe what the Dallas Cowboys are lacking here too. Um, I think you went over these with Pete, right? I did. Our first one is a run to the right. It's 24 yards. It's a touchdown run for James Cook. Well, the, the, the theme of the day was, and you'll see it right here, Cowboys, five-man front, right? The Bills going, fuck you, we don't care, and we're still going to run it. We're not going to fall into, oh, because you're giving us this great pass look, we're going to drop back because it's man-to-man, and now we're going to let Micah Persons and this crazy pass rush you know, maybe cause a play and turn the game around. They were like, no, I know it's a five-man front, but you're still not good at stopping the run, and you're still not big, so we don't care. And we're going to find a way to even out the numbers for us. They took something that was Baltimore Ravenish mm. in this football game, right? And I hadn't seen them do it. And it was a lot of backside pulling tackles and guards. And you're going to see here, Josh Allen in the shotgun, James Cook to his left on the weak side, right? Five-man front, like I said, basically blocked down across the board. They leave the weak side defense end, in this case, Dexter Lawrence, for the read option. Option, right? He's got to make, he can't just go, oh, I'm going to go chase James Cook. It's Josh Allen. He's arguably, you know, the second best running quarterback, third best running quarterback in all of football. So they have to respect that. And then within that, they can also leave the edge guy on the top of the screen unblocked, at least at first, because now that backside pulling tackle is going to come in and knock him out, not uh, kick him out, I should say. And now it leaves your right guard and right tackle to double team the defensive lineman over them. And then one of them works up to, as you can see on the 20 yard line, to 14 Bell, the linebacker. See that? Yep. So they double team the D tackle. One of them works up there. And all of a sudden, now they got the tackle, Dawkins kicking out, you know, the edge defender up top. There's a hole there, as you see. And now they got the middle linebackers. They can't pursue because they've been cut off. And now you got James Cook running through a really damn big hole, and we know what he's capable of. These type of runs all night long. That's what they did. Right, And then it's on top of that, they, they messed with their heads. Right, Let's go to the next one, Pete. Uh, and this, of course, ends up in a big gain. And Is this the one he scores? That, he, he scores gets a on this one. Right? Yeah. I wasn't sure if he got tackled with the one in this one. or scored. scored on that one. So he scores on that one, as you see right there. Great job. Now let's go to the next one, Pete. Yep. Yep. So here it is. Same look, basically, right? Same look, right? It's, it's, it's five-man front. 
The tight end is up top. The formation's to the right. Allen in the shotgun. James Cook off to his left. Yep. But here they kind of play it different. So go ahead. Let's go to the, the first clip here. They're going to go same look, right? It looks like, wait, they'll pull the backside guard tackle here again. This time they change it up. They have the front side tackle come around, and now the guy that was there waiting for Josh Allen, right, he's going to widen out because he's like, wait, are they going to keep the ball with Josh Allen? In this case, it's Michael Parsons. And now the right tackle, Brown, is going to kick out Michael Parsons in a run where in the if you're looking in the backfield, it looks like James Cook is going to run to the right like the play yeah. we saw before, but they make it look like a similar play to you maybe in the background. He starts right, and then he comes back left and follows his pulling tackle, right? And now Michael Parsons, who's like, wait, I was waiting for Josh Allen and trying to stay wide. Oh, no, now I'm blocked for sure by the tackle. And now James Cook's around the edge, and Josh Allen's almost like a lead blocker for him as well, and it ends up as another big game. So they found ways throughout the day to attack this five-man front a lot, and I think we have one more off of it, right, Pete? I love that play, too. Yeah, we have a Ty Johnson eight-yard run, but I love that play, too, because it just doesn't seem like that's going to go that way, right? It's exactly. Like it's James just, Cook is to the left of Josh Allen. Right. They do the same little read option thing it's like okay he's gonna go right right but he ends up we talk about plays all the time right good offensive play callers make plays start off looking the same yeah. and they end up being a little different with the nuance that's what fucks a defense up so here's another one again five-man front by the cowboys right and it's it's shotgun three receivers to the left and this one is um who's the the damn running back here i'm yeah, Ty Johnson. Good job, Pete. Thanks for saving me. He's set off to the right here of Josh Allen. So by all due accounts, I'm thinking, well, they're going to hand the ball off to Ty Johnson, and the backside right tackle is going to pull, and they're going to go that way and go here. Okay, so let's play this off. Now, they gave the Dallas Cowboys a hard time to figure out which way the ball was going to go and where. So here they throw a total curveball. They pull the left tackle, right, And he's basically pulling and blocking to nobody, like nobody. It's all just window dressing to keep them off some of their stuff, where the backside tackle pulls, but Ty Johnson runs to the area where the tackle just left, and they left the guy unblocked. But again, he's so worried about Josh Allen you know, they still got one less guy there than they need to stop the run, and it ends up being a big game for Ty Johnson. That was the theme of the night. They confused that front. It was the right theme altogether, right? They dominated physically. And, you know, for the most part, too, and it doesn't like – how do I want to say this? You know, How do you put this lightly? Early, yeah, how do I put this lightly? Early <laughs> in the game, you know – the Cowboys, they played a game where they were afraid of Josh Allen throwing bombs. Like we talked about, let's keep everything deep and all that. And, and that's where I would have gone, like, I don't, that's not who you are. I just, you're not a zone, keep everything in front of you football team. I really found through a lot of the day when they played aggressive and just went balls to the wall, you know, we're going to get in your face, play man-to-man, chaos up front, I felt like they won the majority of those plays. Mm. Early on in the game when they got behind, I felt like Buffalo won 
when Dallas was like, oh, we're scared of what you might do or what Josh Allen might do. Let's be a little more conservative than normally would. And that usually meant early in the game, it wasn't those five-man fronts. It was four-man fronts, and they were absolutely abusing them because they were so worried about the pass. And there was a little of that to me where I just would go, hey, Dan Quinn, you've been aggressive and crazy all year, right? It's Buffalo. They don't separate that well at receiver like we've talked about. I would have been like, let's go crazy and get after Josh Allen. If they play him again, they will. They're going to learn that they can't just line up and play him like that, right? You know, I, I asked myself, why did they not play as crazy as I thought maybe they would? I think maybe they were scared that man-to-man Josh Allen escapes the pocket. We won't be able to cover that long. And they were probably scared of that, right? But either way, they got to the right place against that zone coverage, and the four-man rush couldn't get there anyways. They needed an extra guy or whatever else, so they'd have to readjust their game plan if they have to play him again. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? All right, so let's let's dive a little deeper on yeah. the, the Cowboys then. Yeah. Um, and because you looked at both sides of the ball, I did with the Cowboys, right. offensively and defensively. And I think to sum it up, maybe uh, let's go inside the notebook, sponsored by nobody yet. We're still looking for a sponsor. <laughs> it will come one day. One it, day. The sponsor will come one day. Um, yeah, your name here. You could just get your name, right? Corey Corey uh, Joskowitz could sponsor this. A homie. You're right. One of the most fam- famous maybe that's homies what we, that we should have. do. We should just pick a homie every week to okay. sponsor it. All right, hey, first homie to tweet us. Uh, that you want to sponsor uh, inside the notebook, we'll put your name there first. Uh, so, Chris, what have we what have we picked out here? The cursive writing is on the screen right now for those on Peacock and YouTube. Right, and my thing I wrote is Cowboys win streak. Never really played a high level defense of talent and good scheme. Panthers were probably the best, and their offense was not great versus them either. Okay. Uh, that that they looks like they scored thirty points there, but that game was tight in the third quarter. Bryce Young got strip sack, fumbled. He also threw a pick six. The game was they their offense did not march up and down the field. My point was, you know, and you this is not news to you. They, they feasted on the week a little bit, right? And so this, you think the Cowboys offense cannot produce at a high level against real good defense? I, I worry about it. I okay. worry about it. You know, um, you know. Probably gave them too much credit for Philadelphia, even what they did in the first matchup, even though they lost. Because as we're seeing, Philly's not very good on defense, right? You know, and, and then you get into some of the other defenses they've played, and yeah, none of them have been really very good, right? So I think that's what I worry about a little bit. And here's what I will say: you know, Buffalo's got a lot of good D linemen, okay. 
So I think they were like, hey, we feel like we can hang in there in the run, right? And this is McDermott. You know I think the world of him is a defensive game planner. You know, the king of just dropping a lot of guys and where you're trying to throw it. And this game was that, Ahmed. This was a game, again, of Sean McDermott going, wait, this is a West Coast offense. I know a lot of the rules. And you've heard me say a million times, Dallas's offense is not overly creative, but it has been aggressive, and they have good enough players. That's all they need to make it happen. But they need something else when they play a coach that can break them down to this way. I think Dallas just has too many tells in their pass game. I do. Like if there's two receivers to the right, right, and the inside receiver goes to the flat, it's either the guy's running a slant or the guy's running a 10-yard curl or he's running a 20-yard out that's made for like a cover two. It's like, so if I see that, you don't think like Sean McDermott's going, hey, corner, if you see the guy, number two guy go to the flat, they're running one of these three routes, and one of them will be off a three-step drop. So if it goes any longer than that, then you know the other two routes they're going to run, right? There's just too much of that. That's a telltale in their offense. And to me, for guys like McDermott, he was like, I got it, right? And then they're a little too predictable in their attack, too. The Cowboys are like, hey, we're an 11 personnel. It's three receivers. We're deviling going a throw. And McDermott's got the guts to go, yeah, I like my D-line anyways. And, you know, you kind of do what you say you're going to do. When you line up in passing sets, you guys pass it. So I'm going to go all in on pass defense. We'll put some people down there to make it look like, oh, don't run the ball with Tony Pollard. But we're really going to drop all out of there and be all over your pass game. And then Dallas is a little bit like, hey, let's bring two or three tight ends in. And guess what they always do with two or three tight ends in? They run the ball, right? Mm. And McDermott's like, I fucking know what you're going to do. Let alone the passes you do off of that are so basic that I'm not even worried about my matchups downfield. We'll in and out this guy and play it this way. And even though you know we have a guy covering a guy that we shouldn't have covering C.D. Lamb, we're willing to take it because like you only run three routes off the here. So here we're comfortable with it. So he was able to go all in on some things because of their predictability. And that's what they got to worry about. And, of course, they play the Miami Dolphins this week, and Vic Fangio, he'll do some of that stuff too. So uh, that, 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 to me, was the interesting part and where Dallas just needs to throw a few more zags into their game plan off their zigs. So let's end it with what you're getting the Cowboys for Christmas Okay, to make them that team that you think could be a Super Bowl team and contend with those elite teams out there, either offensively or defensively. (sighs) Yeah, I think the the big thing is – I, I, I got is got to tinker with run D thoughts, right? They got to figure out when they're going to play Philadelphia again, or especially if they're going to play the 49ers, if they got to play the Rams who are running the ball over everybody, they got to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to play it, right? They're undermanned. You know, we've talked about them not being big enough. And the other thing I would say, too, is that they got to be able to play with their fronts a little bit. And I mean what I mean by play with their fronts is not every front, not every five-down front has to be the five fastest fucking chaotic guys in the world, right? Like, you're allowed to put three big guys on the field at the same time. Like, what's wrong with going, we're going to put Hankins, Mozzie Smith, Oza, uh, Odigizua on there, you know? And then we're going to have Dexter Lawrence and Micah Parsons in the game with Dexter and Micah being those special athletes that if we need them to drop back into pass coverage, they can do it. But they're also our edge run defenders and strong as hell. But we got three big guys in the middle too, so that should be okay if we go four-man rush or four-man front or whatever. That to me is they got to start tinkering with some of that 
because everybody's going to look at that game and go, we, we got to run the ball in this group. That's crazy. They're playing to stop the run, and they still can't stop it. So there, there's some issues there. Gooner Butsy says Dallas. Gooner Butsy. Is that Butsy. the best name ever? Might be the first time he's ever contributed to the pod. Gooner, Damn. welcome. He should be in the big butto of the, the year award there. <laughs> well, well, welcome to the family. Send a picture of yourself. Maybe you will be. Uh, <laughs> the gift that he wants to give his Dallas Cowboys is Dallas to play every remaining <laughs> like game it. at AT&T Stadium. That's right. That's right. NFL, can uh, we just play at home for the rest of the year? We'll, we'll go to the Super Bowl if you let us do that. All right. So that was, a, uh, that was a meaty one. A couple of meaty ones here because you dove into the note. Book, but uh, we'll get through some of these other playoff teams here at a, at a quicker pace, but adding insights along the way. Yeah. Um, so, Kristen, let's bring up the wheel again. Here are the playoff-ish teams remaining in the wheel at high velocity. It is spinning. My Lions, nope, getting passed by the Vikings, who they Whoa. play two of the next three times uh, to end out the regular season. So Minnesota Vikings currently the number six seed in the NFC. All they want for Christmas should be what? Well, I'm a I'm a guy that I look at the Vikings and study them and feel like they're maximizing already, right? I feel like O'Connell's maximizing the situation on the offensive side of the ball for the most part, right? With the quarterback situation, Justin Jefferson just getting back in the lineup. I and I certainly think that about Brian Flores in the defense. I'm not sitting there going, man, that defense is is full of all stars. That's why it's one of the top defenses in football. Absolutely not. So my thing is going to be is more trick ways to run the ball a little bit. Right? Whether that's gotta be more reverses, speed sweeps, and I think I just want to say more trick plays in general is what I would say. Just to help out a Nick Mullins or whatever. Now, whether that means even you know more tricky ways to run screens, speed sweeps, the little shovel passes that we see guys do, and the speed sweeps, all of that, I think they got to tinker with that. I don't think you can just rely on thinking Nick Mullins is going to make forty right decisions every game throwing the football. Right? You got to find a few cheat ways to get them going on that side of the ball. Mm. That would be the one thing I would look at. They were a hard one. It was a hard one for me to look at and go, well, they need to drastically change this approach about their team because. I think the world of O'Connell and his approach on offense and Flores. So I don't look at it and go, oh, they're dropping the ball schematically. I'm just going, damn, they're actually taking advantage of everything they possibly can on that team with their schematics. What else can they do to maybe make themselves a little more dangerous? That that was the one thought I had. Yeah, I struggled to find any stats where they were last in the league or bottom five. There is one thing, special teams, they have the second fewest punts downed inside the 20 this year, so that can make the defense a little bit better if you <laughs> That's improve a good one. that little yeah, bit right it will. There. It When would. you're thinking about around the edges and the fringes of a team, that, yeah, yes, who knows? Yeah, little things like that, definitely. I know, they're, they're a team that, you know, yeah, I think they've surprised us all. I think if they had Kirk Cousins at quarterback, we'd be sitting here going, damn, they could be dangerous in the NFC playoffs in a big way. Really, like really. As I said early in the year, they're better this year than they were last year as a team. They are. It's just a shame it's happened this way. It's a shame they fumbled so much early in the year and then the Cousins injury you know, really hampered them. In a year where the NFC is looking like it's not all that good, right. yeah, Minnesota could be a, a big player or could have been a big player. Uh, but, hey, trick plays, stuff like that, maybe that can help them get an upset in the, in the wild card round. Sean Likes Bacon, another elite homie name, says the Josh Dobbs that we saw in his first two games for the Vikings. I don't know that we will see Josh. No, we will, we, will, we will not. And, you know, th- again, that was a little bit fortunate for sure. And some 
you know, O'Connell magic and making that happen and dialing up the right plays and some defenses that weren't all that great either. He didn't know his teammates are the playbook. Now that he knows the teammates in the playbooks, he's screwed. It's all, it's it's all, all downhill. downhill. It's all downhill from here. All right, so let's fire up the wheel once again. Our next playoff ish team. Great job with the theme, the Christmas tree in the middle, too. Really good. And yeah, the job. tree's spinning. Oh, baby. Oh, we got the Los Whoa, Angeles Rams. Baby. The LA Rams. They are surprisingly, shockingly, maybe to a lot of people, a playoff team right now. At 7-7, seven and seven, they are the seventh seed in the NFC. I am rooting for the Rams to make the playoffs. Me too. Right? Not, I mean, for all the reasons, like, nothing would be better. And if they went out, which there's a possibility they could, because the 49ers might not be playing anybody yeah. the last week of the year, we could see a Detroit 3, uh, Rams 6 seed matchup. Right? I'd rather not. You'd rather I, not? You're well, scared of that I, one? Well, I, I am scared of it, yeah, as a Lions fan. And it's a no-win situation It's a no-win situation. Right. It's an all-lose. It's right. like either my favorite team loses or my second favorite player of all time all loses. All right, well, for the rest of the country, it's an all-win situation, okay? <laughs> so screw your own personal <laughs> yeah. thoughts, all right? Okay, I appreciate I, uh, you're that. right. That'll be tough yeah. on Lions fans. It will uh, be. But, but I am – the Rams are, without a doubt, one of the seven best teams in the NFC to me. Mm. That's the first thing. And you know I always root for the seven best because I think that makes for the best viewing experience and the best playoff drama. So that's what I want to say. Uh, I think that the Rams, the way they are starting to look here, I'd go the Rams would be the team in the NFC. I'd say if anybody made this unlikely run, right, like it would be the Rams. The Rams could upset Philadelphia in a 2-7 matchup. There's no doubt. Or Dallas. There's no doubt, right? I mean, I've never, I said this today this, you know, with Mike Florio, and I kind of said all the same things I just said. I just said – it's, they're arguably the best running team in the NFL right now. I've never seen McVay be so committed to the run. They are road-grading people out of the way, right? I mean, we talked about it in the Ravens game a few weeks ago, last week, a few weeks before that, and they're running the ball on everybody. And, you know, it's, it's special. And the damn running back off of it is special. You know, it's one of those where when you watch the Rams on film, you even respect Kyron Williams more because you realize – Holy shit, he has no fear and runs through every hole as hard as possible like nobody's there wow. and just crushes people or gets crushed. All right? So um, they are dangerous. My big thing with them, and again, because I think they're maximizing the defense already, is keep building with the new power run attack, right? Uh, and I mean that, one, because it's only going to make Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua more open downfield, right? You know, I think it's going to allow them to chew up clock, and I don't think their defense is super talented, right? So I think against the good playoff offenses here, that running game, keep them off the field, control the game, Stafford efficient, picking you apart, and when they get down close, they score touchdowns a lot. You know, yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to take that angle. Just keep working that run game, Sean McVay. Another one of the teams that's maximizing things on defense, maximizing and playing at a high level on offense, too. So special teams for them, they are 30 at uh, making only 74% wow. of their field goals Yeah, this that's year. right. Field goals have been an issue for them. So that not that they can really fix that at this no, point, but right. that could be an Achilles heel for them. And score these close touchdowns. Games, score touchdowns. Just don't leave it to the, don't leave no it big to the deal. kicker. Just score touchdowns. All right, so the Rams in a good spot. Playoff team right now. That's Scary how they continue to the do NFC. what they are doing. Lions and they will, versus uh, Rams. Uh, Lions versus no one, Rams. Well, Lions I don't want that. Rams. A lot of people do want that. All right, Kristen, we're ready for the uh, the wheel. The next... Playoff-ish team is the Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City. a team that has been uh, disappointing, 
perhaps to those who uh, follow them yearly. They are nine and five right now. They're not that offensive juggernaut that we've seen in the past. No, they're maybe more of a defensive juggernaut. Now. They they are. They are. I, I've really like because I know this is the time of the year, and the whole week I've been thinking about the AFC and like who do I really like in the AFC? Like who would I pick right now to go to the Super Bowl and play the Forty ers Right? Because obviously I'm picking the Forty ers and did before the year. Right, but I'm not certainly not changing it now with the way they look. But like I know those are questions at football night in America when you're hosting, you're gonna be like, Oh, so who should we be Exactly? You know? So I'm trying to wrap in that my voice, head around too. that. In that yeah, voice. In that voice. That's how that you voice. talk about hey, so who <laughs> but but um my big thing with them is hands or stop doing dumb shit is what I would say. <laughs> That's what you would give them for Christmas, That's, hands. Stop, hands. Some isotoners. I almost wrote down isotoners, right? You remember all those old <laughs> oh, commercials when you were growing up with Dan yeah. Marino throwing the ball to his teammates yeah. and they had isotoners on, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really I did think about writing that. But, yeah, I know, hands goes into the dumb crap category like I'm talking about. Obviously, the drops, they lead the NFL in drops and stupid stuff like that. You know, some of the penalties, of course, all of that. You know, Mahomes has certainly done some dumb stuff as well. Uh, You know, offensively, you know, I I still think they're trying to kind of find their exact identity of who they are. But because they have that guy at quarterback, they can kind of still win games without an identity and the way the defense is playing. But, yeah, at some point here, no, the receivers are going to have to start coming through in a big way. Like They're going to get to a playoff game here where, yeah, they're not going to be able to run the ball. The defense is going to give up a few more yards than they're used to. And Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Toney and company are going to have to make plays or they're going to be going home. And that's, that's really all it comes down to. So, yeah, it's not world-beating uh, thing there as far no. as that conversation, but that, that's the biggest thing to me. Well, it's scary, too, because it's not necessarily just a lack of, of concentration. Some of it just could be a lack of talent, because I also saw one stat out there. They are last in contested targets caught. So it's just not flat-out drops. It's like when there's a defender right there, they, they not just good catch at that. 29% of They're those. They're horrible so. at that. Yeah. yeah. Rasheed Rice is the only guy that can do that. He's the only guy that, hey, I'm covered. You can throw me a back shoulder and I'll still catch it, right? The other guys are small. You know, that's usually not a small man's play, right? right. Who are the guys we're used to seeing catch the ball in traffic? DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. Well, hey, yeah, they're bigger humans, right? Yeah. Exactly right. Keenan Allen, right? It's, it's, it's those kind of guys, right? Where, yeah, Sky Moore, that's not his cup of tea. Kadarius Toney, definitely not his cup of tea. Marquez Valdez-Scaling, he's got a little length to him. But he's really skinny, so he can't handle much bumping and grinding down the field at all. So, yeah, that's, that's an issue for them, and that's certainly been a, uh, a problem for them throughout the year, and we'll see where it goes with Kansas City. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take Kansas City as that team that I look at to go to the Super Bowl. I don't say that like confidently because I still have such great respect for their grit and toughness. And, of course, I think that quarterback is an all-time great. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me if they were in the Super Bowl. But if you made me lay down money or pick them, pick a team to go in the AFC right now, I don't think I'd pick the Chiefs, even though I kind of alluded to that on Sunday night last week. I was yeah. kind of like, man, that D, and it's still 15. But I have some more thoughts as I've started to unpack that a little in my brain. You know who I'm leaning towards who right now? Who are you leaning towards? 
Just over the last week. Well, maybe wait till we get there. That we have gotten okay. there on the wheel yet? We have not. Okay. Okay, good call. Good. Big right. Chiefer 92. Love the pod. Congrats, Ahmed, on the new gig. All I want is separation and sure hands from my Kansas City Chiefs there ball you catchers. Uh, you can say they lost at least two games this season due to drops at bad times. If they clean that up, I think they regain that championship swagger. I, I like what you're saying, Big Chiefer 92. Well okay. done. All yep. right, let's get the wheel here again. Our next playoff team that we will give them a gift that will get them to the Super Bowl is the Houston Texans. They already got a gift. C.J. Stroud, the best gift of draft season. They're in trouble. But they're in trouble. Stroud's not playing again this week. I know, but I'm feeling like, I mean, it's concussion, right? Yeah. That's two weeks. I know. Week three, usually they're back. Usually they're back. Hopefully. We'll see where it goes. Not long term. I think by all due accounts, he's probably had two concussions two weeks in a row. Really? That's what it looks like. Uh, The Broncos game, there was a concussion came out for two plays he went back in but he was wobbly as hell and then of course the jets game he hit his head very hard on the ground yeah. like harder than normal so um they're yeah. not a playoff team right now they're eight and six no i know and and again they're you know i think we're all in amazement of what they've done D'Amico, ryan both sides of the ball right uh i i think the my thing is don't make it all stroud keep running the ball like they have lately that would be they their O line healthy. Slovak's got some good run game ideas and thoughts because he was under Shanahan for so long, right? Uh, Singletary, of course, is a damn good running back. Damian Pierce is good off of that. You know, that'll be the best friend to Case Keenum. You get that going a little bit, and then they have a good Rolodex of play action passes that we've talked about all year long. To where that to me would keep be the thing that could keep them afloat and keep them dangerous here. Yeah. Uh, just kind of transition from CJ Stroud throwing lasers all over the field. And I feel like they are doing this anyways to wait, we're healthy up front. We can run the ball pretty damn good on just about anybody. Let's start leaning on that a little bit more. And, and it feels like they're headed that way. On the defensive side, I think you think that they have overachieved <laughs> with D'Amico Ryans and what they've done there with the talent that they have. Not that they don't have talent, yeah, they no. got some in the draft for right, sure right. the last couple of years um i have a nugget here they do on defense though yeah have the most missed tackles in the nfl they fly around like a bunch of kamikaze psychos right they do and they're a little undersized so i'm not shocked to see that you know usually those fast teams right some of them i want to go it's not a bad missed tackle right this guy's a crazy fast linebacker who ran through the hole so fast but yeah he's out of control and you know how it is like i'm running by you and you made a little move and now my arm barely gets around you and i can't bring you in all the way but you still fucked up the play totally you know what i mean so they have a lot of that because they're just so fast and chaotic that way that yeah i would expect them to be up there in the missed tackles department there are a lot of those missed tackles that you see on pff you're like oh yeah he missed the tackle but like he he totally, he totally like the next the guy that was that there wasn't, made the It tackle. wasn't such a bad missed tackle. Yeah. There's a difference in, in missed tackles. Yep. You're in the open field, and it's like the 20-yard line, and, you know, okay, a guy jukes you or makes you look silly. That's a bad missed tackle. Yeah. You know, you're running through the B-gap, and you slow the guy's momentum and make him turn a different direction, but you don't make the tackle. That's not a bad missed tackle. Texans on parade says for CJ to come back, that's what he is getting, yeah. the Houston Texans Damn, here. Damn, it sucks. Uh, for J.D. White, 96. He says for the Texans to win out, for the O line to block better than they have ever blocked before on the final stretch of the season. He's just he just wants wins. It sounds like, like he was I'm, like I thought he was going to go down a list of everything. I just want us to run the ball, play <laughs> yeah, defense better, yeah. and win. Yeah, and do win. all this and win. Block the best, rush the passer the best. JD White Santa we'll will not be getting you all of that. That is too much on your wish list. <laughs> 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, all right, next team up on the wheel of presents for playoff teams, and it's going around. My Detroit oh, Lions it it comes, has finally baby. landed on my Detroit here Lions. Here it comes. Number three seed in the NFC right now, 10-4 and four on the cusp of clinching that division. So I know you saw my notes. Uh, you know, I did write run the ball a little bit, but that's not really the main thing I'll say. I just – I don't want – there are one team that I want to go – Sometimes I feel like you get a hair too pass happy, right? Just a hair. And it, it's hard to argue with the success. But I still think your golden ticket is running the football, and it'll make the pass game that much more explosive and all that. My big thing is, is really just creativity and pass defense. I think that's the biggest thing. And you know, they're not going to become better man-to-man coverage football team. You're not going to become better pass rushers here down the stretch. Aaron Glenn is hiding a lot of holes already with how he orchestrates the defense. All I'm saying is hopefully he and the defensive staff can come up with a few new wrinkles just to give you a few game plan advantages, right? Whether that's at the line of scrimmage, confusing the front, blitzing, dropping out, getting some of your guys that are not named Aiden Hutchinson a little advantage to rush the passer, right? And the same thing in the back end, just confusion there. Playing with, you know, disguises and tinkering with, you know, as we talk about, you know, with offenses a lot, making the same defense look different or making, you know, things that are different look the same, whatever. But that's, to me, the one issue with their team, their defense, and they're going to have to hide some holes there throughout the playoffs with yeah. great coaching. And if they could do that inside the 20 or inside the 10 in goal-to-go situations, that would be a whole lot better, too, because the Lions currently are 29th are in and theirs, 28th, right? respectively, yeah. in the red zone and in goal-to-go situations. Yeah. It's, um, so if they could just do that, like, let them go down the field the way they've been going down the field, but just buckle down a little bit more. I, I think it, it's, you know, in that area there, it's a little of like that's where your pass rush hurts you, right? Because, mm. okay, we want to play coverage like most teams do when you get in the goal-to-go situations, but, damn, the quarterback has all day. So, okay, now I want to blitz and do all of that, but, again, we're not the best at playing man-to-man, and zone blitzes aren't always great. 
in that area, right? Oh, it's a zone blitz, and yeah, well, there's only 15 yards here, and in that zone, there's a hole on, on the in one yard in the end zone, right? Boom, touchdown. He threw a laser. Boom, that we could do. So that's your problems as a defense kind of come to a head right in that area, and that's where I'm talking about the, the trickeration will, will help them out a little bit. At Godly Just says Detroit Lions pass rush. Need to find a home in the opponent's backfield. Uh, that might be something that will be answered in the draft or the offseason. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. But play with those alignments. You know how we talk yes. about it a lot of the times. Try to find Aiden Hutchinson favorable matchups. You know how we've talked about like with the Niners and Nick Bosa. Like Nick Bosa's on one end, right? And then we got three, our other three D linemen are on the other side of the center. And we got a linebacker next to Nick Bosa. Is he blitzing? Is he dropping out? Either way, we're going to make sure Nick Bosa's one on one, right? Mm-hmm. And then just stuff like that. That I think could go a long way to kind of help him the matter a little bit. I like this one from Happy Lions Fan 81. Lions offensive line remaining healthy for the rest of the season. Yeah, that I, that, like that. That, I mean, you know, that that's apparent here as of late. You, know, you guys kind of struggled being beat up. You guys even had guys playing at times that weren't 100% healthy. I think you're as healthy as you've been up front, and you showed that in the game the other day. I mean, some of the runs you guys had against the Broncos, because I watched that film a little yeah. too. I mean, there was some ass-whooping runs, and they look good. Give me your number one or number two insights that you got from watching the Lions, and I'm glad that you did that. When that text message came over my new Apple Watch and I saw the page and it said Lions offense on it, I couldn't open that one fast enough. You couldn't do it more fast enough? Yeah, exactly. I, I think, I, I think the, the thing that I just – you heard me say, don't get impatient with the run. They're just absolutely incredible and marrying the run game with the pass game. That's where, you know, you always hear me talk about that. Too many times teams do the play-action fake, but the offensive line is in pass protection. And the linebackers that are good go, that's a pass. I don't need to see the fake or anything. I'm dropping back already, right? Where you guys will be like, no, here comes a pulling guard, or we're going to actually trap somebody, but we're going to throw the ball. And it gashes people. So I'm always amazed by that. You're the, the Gibbs guy, I, I don't mean this as disrespect to David Montgomery. He's a good player. But as you saw, I think they got to give the ball in my notes. they got to give the ball to Gibbs more. There's carries in the game where I go, that was a nice run by Montgomery, but it's hard not to go, what would that have looked like with yeah. Gibbs? Because Gibbs was, Montgomery, oh, he got shoestringed, and it could have been a maybe a 15-yard gain, and I go, well, Gibbs wouldn't have got shoestringed, and it might have been a 40-yard gain, yeah. right? And that's where you know they're going to have to uh, play with that a little bit. Montgomery's been a little more explosive than I he thought he was going has. to be, for I sure, agree. but he is not as explosive as Jameer Gibbs. I'm actually okay with them with this system until we get to the playoffs, right? Let, let's keep everyone healthy at this point. We're a playoff team. We're a division-winning team. We're going to have a home game. I like the fact that they've utilized them in this fashion just to kind of Keep them both on the field yeah. for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, once playoff time hits and you need big plays, it, it does have to be Gibbs. It, I, it has to be Gibbs. I think it fits your team. You know, like you saw in my notes too. I wrote Rundy or not, the Lions blow the Broncos off the ball. I mean, the Broncos sometimes were like, "We're going all in on the run," and they were still six yards down the field. Right. That that also um, amazing to me. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say but uh messing with 12 personnel oh that's it the 12 personnel i like that a lot i think they got to continue to kind of dive into that a little bit because i just think they're going to put teams in a bind first off your tight ends are the tight guys that can go wait they can block and then you can split them out and go they can run routes and your big linebackers you got in the game now can't cover these guys right so i think that's something to watch for plus i think with your offensive line healthy you guys can get to a point, like I kind of was just saying right there, where 
you can win the run game matchup. I don't care what run defense they play. Right, it's like you're you're going to be too big and powerful, and then you have so many good design runs off of your talent that you know you put twelve personnel teams are definitely going to bend, and then you got oh Amon Ra one on one in a situation or Jamison Williams or whatever else, yeah. uh, oh and then the next play it's you know we sp- spread him out and everything. I think that could be a, a, a definite avenue of uh, dissection by Ben Johnson. It can get better. Music to my ears. It can. All right, the Lions. They are a playoff team. They could go very far in this postseason. I will love every second of it. Sitting at the desk there with Chris Sims as they guide me through a football Vanna White, please spin that wheel. <laughs> Kristen, we're ready for the next one. Our teams are dwindling. The triangles are getting bigger. Uh, we've got the oh, Cincinnati Bengals. The they Bengals. want jo- Joe Burrow back. They want Joe Burrow back. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, Maybe re- they don't need Joe Burrow. Repair the tendon. Uh, right now, even without Joe Burrow the last few weeks, they are the sixth seed, eight and six in the AFC. You know, like it's too late for the defense. I don't think you're going to make any drastic thing. The one thing I'll say, their defense, you know, they make plays. They create turnovers. Okay. Just going off the top of my head, I think they're one of the league leaders in tur- turnovers, I thought, as far as the defense maybe. is concerned. Yeah. They're up there. Maybe. You're just going to give me a maybe. I don't know. But <laughs> I think they're looking. up there. Uh, I didn't want to commit. I didn't they want still, the homies, if they just stopped listening right now, just to go with it. They, 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 they uh, yeah, you know, they give up. They're tied for six. Tied for six. Taking okay. the ball away. Good. Yeah, so they do do that. But, of course, you know, they're disappointing this year with how many yards and big plays they've let up. Um, to me, it, it's, it's something that they've kind of been doing lately anyways. I just wrote, get the ball to 1, 5, 30, and 83 <laughs> as many times as possible. Right? You know, I just go back to, like, hey, the Jaguars game, that Monday night game, right, where – I mean, Jake Browning early in the game, I don't think he threw a ball past the line of scrimmage. You remember? It was just everything was like, just throw it, sure. to, just throw it to Jamar Chase and let him run, and we'll just see what happens. Oh, he got eight. Oh, he got 12. Oh, he broke somebody's ankles and got five, right? I mean, uh, th- there's something there that I would just say, keep doing that. Because they're not going to – to me, they're not going to just – again, it's, it's too late to, I think, them to become a, a real good running team or anything like that. You know, they have made an effort to be more of a play-action football team. They are staying patient with it. But I think they've made an unbelievable effort to make sure they feature Higgins. We're going to feature Jamar Chase a ton. And then Brown, the running back, mm-hmm. is a definitely another guy that within the running game or the screen game, they got to get him the ball because they can make plays. To me, their biggest way to win and steal some games here down the stretch is going to be through their offense and their explosive ability. And they got some guys to do that. And they got a quarterback that's a really good backup that can wheel deal it that way get your weapons in open space Just and let them find cook. as many ways as possible uh, you're right the defense outside of forcing those turnovers probably too far gone this year to, to fix this is one stat that jumped out to me this was yeah. crazy yeah so teams against them right have converted 123 first downs on first down which is by far the worst in the nfl they have 123 the packers are second worst with 95 and so it's just like they're giving up big plays First down, I, like, that's just a crazy stat that jumped out to me, that it was that big of a gap between number one and number two worst in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, that, that to me is a little like that Todd Bowles old school approach, right? And I think Lou can have that at times where it's like a little too, you're not going to run the ball. We're not going to let you get four or five yards on first down that way. 
but they're getting 15 down the middle. Guys, they're throwing the ball for 15 on the edge. Like, what? Yeah. We can't just let them do that. Maybe sometimes we should let them run for four up the middle instead of giving 20 up the sideline in the pass game. I do think there's a little of that there where, you know, good defenses calculate. You know, unless you're the Browns, you don't calculate anything. You just say, fuck you, we're going to squash you every play, right? Which, which by the way, the right. Browns are the best in that stat. They've only given up 60 that, first, down, no, that, that's, uh, that, first downs on first that's, down. That's amazing, right? They're giving you nothing in, in any area. <laughs> right. They're like, we're a lockdown man, and we have seven guys at the line of scrimmage to stop the run. You're screwed, <laughs> yeah. right? But the only, they, you know, they're, they're one of the few in football that can pull that off. But, you know, I learned this just with the Bill Belichick over the years and even working there and hearing the defensive coaches talk a little bit. Like, always had great defenses for the most part, right? Right? And some years better than others. And the one thing I learned with them a little bit is, like, you know, Bill was capable of going for the kill, right? And being like Jim Schwartz and doing that. But Bill would also be like, man, I want to go for the kill, but when they get in this bunch set, you know, on first down, it poses some problems because I'm worried about this, and if they do this play off of it, we could give up a big play. So because that one thing he might have saw in the breakdown, he might call a little more conservative a defense than maybe the rest of the defensive coaches wanted, right? right. But he was like, I'm not going to let them have the 60-yard pass play. So if they run it for four, then we'll just live with it and we'll play another down and we'll find our moment to go for the kill or the squash or whatever else, right? And that's why some years, you know, they had like the 22nd-ranked defense in football, but as far as points were concerned, they'd be like top three as far yeah. as points allowed, right? Because they'd go, well, this part of the field, they do a few things. So I'm just, if they get five yards, they get five yards, but I'm not going to let them get a 60 yard touchdown. That's not happening. And that's where, you know, good defenses tinker with those ideas of that calculated risk reward factor and when to take the gambles. It is amazing looking at these metrics, especially on the defensive side, how many that the Patriots are doing very well in a right? still. It's like right. run he defense still is coach still that good. Damn defense. I know, right? Even know. with the injuries they have. Yeah. Yeah, they still. Uh, Jamar Chase not ruled out with that shoulder injury for Week 16. They right need now, him. They need him. So seriously, who knows? Fingers crossed that yep. he will play because we like when he plays for sure. All right, um, Pete, what was that, Pete? Oh, not looking good for Chase though. I, I just saw he said he's not ruled out. Glass half full. Glass half full. We'll see. I mean, Pete's it's not our, in their fucking locker room. It's Wednesday. He don't yeah. know. It's on our it's on our air, airing on NBC. It's my debut this year for Football Night in America. He could play. Tune in. Trying to hurt to your ratings out. already. Yeah, yeah. People watch. Be like, no one watched. It was Ahmed's fault. No, it was really Pete's fault. All right, here we go. We'll spin the wheel again. The number of playoff teams growing smaller by the second. Time for the Seattle Seahawks coming off a big win against the Philadelphia Eagles. What a fun game to watch on Monday, right? Drew Locke out there. He was Superman or whatever hero he was pretending to be out there. He wasn't pretending. He actually was that hero. Uh, Seven and seven, currently tied with the Rams, who have the seventh seed in the in the NFC. What what are we getting them for Christmas? Yeah, they're another one. You know, hey, I I think the Jamal Adams situation. Just to hit on that, that's that's weird, right? I don't know how so much you, you saw if that. If you're not familiar with it, what's, yeah. what's going on? Well, here? he you know wasn't at the game on Sunday. Okay. There's Monday night. You know, and or, he plays for he, the team, and so that's a he plays issue. for the team, and yeah. he's what the third highest paid guy on the team. Like usually, you know, that guy should kind of do what the team maybe wants, right? Yeah. Jamal Adams, who's been an incredible talent in the NFL, and also he's on a team where yeah they're paying him a lot of money. They traded Ray picks, and he hasn't really played that much, right? He's been injured, right? Um, it's it sounds like he was at the stadium and then maybe left, hmm. right? I'm just I'm interested to see what happened there. 
You know, and I'm not one that starts to dig and call right away. I'm one the one that you know I talk to somebody three weeks from now, and then I go, "Hey, so what happened with yeah. that Adam situation?" Right? That, that's kind of what I do. But <sighs> seems fishy. Mm-hmm. First off, yeah, I mean, in by all due accounts, I would think they didn't want Jamal Adams playing in the game. I would think. You know, I just wonder if he tried to play and they were like, yeah, you might be able to play, but you're not starting. We're starting Julian Love there, right? I mean, you know, Julian Love made the inter- first interception against Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. Against the coverage that we showed that Jamal Adams messed up the week before against the 49ers when we showed pictures. It was the same coverage, right? Julian Love played it the right way, interception. He looked awesome. He looked awesome. He really did. And the other one. <laughs> and the other one, exactly. Um, but yeah, I just uh, it's like that, this. There's no way this relationship lasts past this year, mm. and I'd just be interested to know the details of that. Um, so because I can see sh- them benching him. Oh. Jamal Adams has been. I've given him leeway because he's just getting back from not playing football in a long time, but it hasn't been good, right? For one of the guys that I would sit there and go, he's one of the more physically gifted safeties in football. Yeah, it's kind of shocking right now with how poor he was playing before that in all facets. Run game, pass game, nothing was good. And I think that's why Pete called him out up the 49ers game. And I wouldn't be shocked if, yeah, they kind of told him he wasn't starting altogether. And that's maybe why he wasn't at the stadium altogether. Yeah, yeah. He, he does have an injury, right? Mike yeah, Flory is saying he, he was not a healthy scratch. No. And so he was injured. So yes, right. there's something to it there. All right. So, uh, uh, so my big thing would be to get number nine the ball. And, yeah, I mean, Kenneth Walker. Can, you know, we know they got the weapons on the outside and all that. Certainly, their O line has gotten here a little healthy. And I just want to say, you know, give him the ball in the run game. First off, you see what he does. I mean, he's special. Even some of the few runs he had in that Eagles game the other night. I mean, there's nothing there, and he still does special things. And then even in the pass game, same thing. You know, to me, that's going to be the way that's going to open up some of the downfield passes for Metcalf and Lockett and, and Jackson Smith and Jigma. Is get teams worried about, oh, they're throwing screens to Walker, they're running the ball consistently and staying persistent with the ball to Walker, right? And that, I think, can open them up a little bit. And I think it'll help their O-line, which doesn't pass protect all that well either. So that would be the biggest thing I look at. Again, I don't think their defense is going to be saved or fixed dramatically here. I do think the offense has potential to still carry them in some big moments because of the talent they have, and they do have two quarterbacks who can chuck the ball down the field, and they got some guys that are just pure playmakers. So I give them a yeah. chance of like, yeah, you could throw a slant to DK and he can go for 70. You know, you can throw a bomb down the sideline in Jigba for 50. Same thing for Lockett and all that. So that's where I look at the Kenneth Walker angle to be a little bit of a savior for that offense. And it sounds like they're coming to that determination just by what Troy and Joe Buck were talking about in the telecast yeah. the other night. That like, this guy's special. We're not getting the ball enough to him. He's healthy. We, we're blocking better than we were early in the year. And let's see where it goes. Uh, Hawk Strologer says Draymond Jones to wake up and play close to his contract or Devin Witherspoon to get healthy. I can't decide. Which would you choose? Yeah, no, I, I hear that. You know, the Draymond Jones thing has certainly been a little disappointing. You know, he's one of those guys that I, I have had an under-the-radar man crush on because he's so disruptive and plays better than the stats, right, but yeah. does not pop on film a little bit. You know, certainly 
has the look of a guy that got a little money and like took the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. I don't know. I'm not, maybe there's more to it. I'm not trying to blame. It happens a lot. It's human nature. Um, yeah. So uh, I hear that. And who do you, who was he saying? Who get healthy? Devin Witherspoon. Oh, I know. Yeah, they need Devin. Your Witherspoon. man crush. My man. My serious. Man You've been crush. vocal about that man I crush. Have, definitely. Uh, Mike and Elma just wants Jamal Adams to have a safe and happy holiday for another team in 2024. <laughs> yeah. So well, I can promise you that's happening. He will not be with the Seahawks. <laughs> the plane next year. ticket out of here. All right, Kristen. Time to spin that. Wheel once again. The Christmas tree is going around and around. We're being hypnotized by that, and it lands on the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins don't need a whole lot. They're the number two seed in the AFC right now, and I will reveal that that's they were who the, you were thinking. That's who I was thinking about because you look at like their defense is like top five in a lot of categories. I, I know a lot of important categories. The I mean, only, you know how good their offense I, is. I, I'm 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 not gonna lie. That's who I was thinking of too. Really, it it was. You know, I, I, I wanted to say it on Sunday, and I kind of just chickened out with the whole, you know, they haven't beaten anybody really good. And what does scare me a little bit is if the game gets ugly, like we've talked about it, the game gets ugly, it gets physical and played in a phone box, yeah. right? Phone it, box. Phone box. <laughs> yeah. I'm phone sure they booth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it is a box. It is a box. <laughs> that's a simsism there for you, everybody. Yeah. Um, that... That's where I worry about them. Yeah. Right? I do. But, you know, to your point, the only thing we need to see them do is is beat a quality football team. It might happen this week, and it might make us think differently of them altogether. Um, I, I, like you, in a year where, like, yeah, the Ravens are right now the best teams in the AFC, but I'm not, like – blown away by their play as of late, right? You know I was more blown away in the middle of the season when they did what they did to your Lions and the Ravens and some of those games, some of the games there where I was like, ooh, there's potential. And there's still potential. Don't get me wrong here. But Miami's, yeah, Miami's offense, we know how creative, explosive it is. Tyree Kill's going to be back. And then, yes, the big thing is, is I think what you're saying. You know, it's Vic Fangio. He's fucking annoying as a D coordinator, or at least he is the offensive coordinators is what I mean. Yeah. And you can see it's starting to all come together there right now. You know, he's taught his big guys up front how to two-gap and do stuff. So when he plays a good running team, right, they're going to be like, well, we don't have to overload the box to stop the run because we got some dudes up front that can kind of take two gaps at once and do that, let alone – like, he's the master of his zone coverages and passing people off. That's why he's been one of the best D coordinators in football for, like, 30 years. He's amazing that way. I think it's kind of all coming together. So when you ask me that question Saturday on NBC and Peacock, yeah. I will be riding with the Dolphins with a – I like the Ravens and certainly watch out for them, but the Dolphins are the team that I look right now to be going – yeah, I think they can make the big run in the uh, AFC playoffs. And so what could they use oh, yeah, that would make that. them even stronger? Finn Sports, I'll give you his yeah. first. Let he me hear it. The Miami Dolphins offensive line well, dealing with so many injuries. 100%. That's the number one thing. That's the thing. And like, you, like I just said, when I say the game gets ugly, that's what, I, that's what happens. Is yeah, You take away a few of the tricks, right? Like we yeah. talked about with the Chiefs game. You take away the screens and the wide receiver screens and a few quick passes. And all of a sudden they're like, wait, we got to actually protect for a long time and we actually got to move people in the run game when they're actually playing run defense and they've wilted away on those but that is help the o-line that was my thing especially in third downs or pass pros versus good defenses 
It can't be we're just going to send you know four eligibles out all the time or five eligibles out of them. There, he's got to find some ways against these better defenses who take away their tricks, right? And you've heard me say if he can get the Dolphins to third down, that's the down to get them because two is not a I'm going to hang in the pocket with the people collapsing around me and throw lasers down the field. That's not who he is, right? But he still can strike down the field. Just got to make him feel comfortable in doing that. So that's where I go. They got to find ways on third downs or obvious passing situations to make him feel comfortable and still be able to get their main weapons open down the field, and hopefully they can do that. 49ers-Dolphins would be an amazing Super Bowl. Oh, it really would be. It really really would be. If you made me pick right now, I think that's what I would pick. And that would be awesome. All the talent on the field, and then Shanahan versus McDaniel, that would be personal, and it would be a lot of fun. Which means we will will not get that. Rarely do we get the exact Super Bowl matchup that we want the most. I hope we get it. Me too. All right, let's spin the wheel again. 49ers are still on the wheel. How many teams do we got left here? Uh, Saints. Saints. Oh, baby. This one will be quick. (laughs) Not because we have anything against the Saints, but I've just found them hard to pin down exactly who they are, what their identity is, and how good they really are. I know. it's um, Offense isn't bad, but (laughs) it's like it should be better, right? I think that's that's what we all look at. You know, defense, pretty solid, but I think probably ranked a little bit better than it should be, okay? I don't think it's as good as maybe the 11th-ranked defense in football. So maybe the way they've played some of these games. Yeah, and- some of the teams they've played, right? They've gotten to play the NFC South, which, you know, you know even when they, uh, you know, yeah, even when they played the Bucks early in the year. The Bucks were still finding their finding their way a little bit, right? So I think they've been favor favorable that way. The biggest thing, and this is going to come to no shock, mm-hmm. is Derek Carr's got to get some guts. That's the biggest thing. You got to hold the ball and look to attack down the field a little bit more. Can't be so quick to throw it underneath. Look for the check down, whatever else. Got to have a little bit more of an aggressive mindset. I think that's the big thing I look at for them. They're, they got a good enough passing offense and design and, of course, the talent on the outside that they should not be, you know, throwing the ball, you know, as, at one of the shorter clips of football with that guy at quarterback and some of the receivers that they have. That, yeah. that would be the bottom line. That's where they're leaving meat on the bone, in my opinion. One of five 7-7 seven and seven teams in the NFC. Of course, Tampa's leaving the division at 7-7. Seven and seven. You got Atlanta just one game back there, so a lot to be determined. They can they can create their identity in the last three weeks. That's what the Saints can do right here. Well, how, they're they're but. well, it, it's it's because like they're, it's not a, like a a total like makeover or facelift for right. them, right? It's a little bit like hey, your identity's here in front of you. You just gotta like. I don't, you know, I don't know what to say. Take advantage of it a little bit more. Press the issue a little bit more. Be a gunslinger. Exactly. Take some chances. There you go. Exactly right. Exactly right. So we'll see if they can do that. But that, to me, is the, the biggest area that they, could, they can improve their football team. All right. Time to fire up the wheel again. We spin around and around. Around and around she goes. And the one seed. 
the one seed in the AFC, eleven and three. The Baltimore Ravens, fresh off a win on Sunday Night Football, and yeah, AC. yeah. Stop justifying. Just run the fucking ball. That's what I want to say. Stop <laughs> justifying the Lamar contract. Stop justifying OBJ. Stop justifying Zay Flowers in the first round. Stop justifying Rashad Bateman in the first round. Right. Stop all. Stop justifying Todd Munkins our new OC, right? And he throws the ball more than, you know, Greg Roman used to do, right? You could still be a running team and win the MVP at quarterback and be the most dangerous passing team in football. Guess, guess what? Guess, 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 guess what? Guess who's leading the league in the least amount of pass attempts in football? Luke, guess who's leading the league in the least amount of pass attempts in football? At some point, you're supposed to answer. Brock Purdy in the 49ers. Yeah, exactly right. What? There you go. Yeah. And he's got what? He's second in football in yards passing? Yes. What do you think? Where do you think they get McCaffrey wide open with nobody in the screen from? Because they fucking run the ball first. What do you think you get Debo Samuel in a reverse and you go, where's everybody on defense? Why is nobody there for Debo? Because they run the ball first, right? Baltimore, I mean, wasn't the second half of the game last week enough of an example? They basically in the second half were like, we're going to run the ball every play. Oh, up and down the field they went on Jacksonville. And that had been after Mitchell went out with yeah. the injury too, right? Right. Was at, well, up even to that before point was, that, they were running with him in the, in yes. the, before he got hurt in the second half, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that hurts them. You know, it Mitchell was their them. most explosive running back, yes. but you still feel like they have enough talent there, especially with Lamar yes. to be that dangerous running yes. team. Yes. I'm not saying they got to go run the ball every play. They need to run it more than they're running it, and it will make their offense more explosive. And at the end of the day, that's going to be their best way to win the Super Bowl. And so that's, that's bottom line, what, what I would say. And, man, I can't wait for this 49er-Shanahan-Harbaugh matchup Monday night. Christmas yeah. night? What? We're at home. We're at with home. The family. Don't There's have to work. Some logs on the fire. B. Lewis, be 245, awesome. says Ravens cornerback play is the gift that he wants to give his team. I hear that. Uh, Rashad Macy says Ravens edge rusher who can pressure the quarterback without the blitz. I did look at this. Yeah. They have the 19th, uh, 19% pressure rate. That's 24th in the NFL, so they have not been able to get to the quarterback. No, that no well. this is my, my big thing about them. This is what I even said last week before they played the Jaguars on Football Night in America. Is they cannot get there with the front four. They cannot. They have to blitz. Now, they're really creative with how they blitz and use their coverages in the back end. But both of our guys were right there with their Ravens comments. They really were. They don't, you've, you've heard me say they don't want to play man-to-man. So that's the, that, that's the Humphreys not as good as he used to be. He's still good. But the rest of the guys are not real good man-to-man guys. They want to be able to blitz and play some tricky zones behind it. My thing there is, you know, I do worry about that like you saw the Rams, right, where, hey, it's McVay and Stafford. They know how to pick up some of these blitzes, and now, oh, no, we're compromised downfield against Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup because we blitz six guys. And, again, yeah. like we've talked about earlier in the podcast, now there's some holes. 
we, we expected our blitz to get there, and they couldn't wait and pat the ball until that guy got to the hole. But now he's got time, and he's in the hole, and oh, shit, it's a big play, right? So that's, that's where they're, uh, it'll be interesting this week to see them versus the 49ers in that matchup. So now we've talked about the three most likely teams to get the number one seed in the AFC. Draft Kings has the odds for the top seed, that first round bye in the American Football Conference. The Ravens currently the favorite at minus 175. You got the Dolphins, the second choice at plus three hundred, and then you have the Chiefs, third at plus four fifty. Now the Chiefs are nine and five, so two games behind the Ravens. So uh, even the four fifty, I think, is like that's pretty generous considering they got two games to make up in in three games. But you see the remaining schedule for the Ravens by far the hardest. Yes, by well, far actually the not hardest. not by far. Well, I guess yeah, no, Dolphins are right there. Dolphins are right there. So maybe that is why the Chiefs playing uh, it is totally the Raiders Bengals and Chargers Kornacki kind of broke this down on football night in America to go yeah like if the Ravens lost on Sunday night I believe the Chiefs would have had the highest probable percentage to be the number one seed even though they'd be a game back in yes the because standings. I think they're saying that yeah yep. they're gonna lose one of these you know three at the end okay uh so we'll see where it goes but yeah it is interesting I don't expect the Chiefs to lose I don't uh, and then we're going to get a real good feel, at, at the very least, of how good the Dolphins and Ravens are. And that's what's going to be exciting. Well, week 17, they play each other, which is cool. Oh, as they play each other. And then, you know, week 18, you could have Dolphins-Buffalo. I mean, they could be playing for the AFC's title. I mean, really, if the Dolphins lose this week and then they lose to Baltimore, they, they could have as many losses as the Buffalo Bills, and they can end up be playing for, that, for the AFC's title. There's, there's a lot to be un, unpacked there. I think as you, you and I both said, I still think I like the Dolphins, even despite what happens with these last three games, for where their team is to make a run in the AFC playoffs. Uh, but you know where they play, where they're seated, will certainly dictate that a little bit. And I would feel a lot better if they were at home more than they were on the road in the playoffs. That bye is obviously always important. Yes. One fewer chance to lose. But I think this year, I mean, if it's Houston with C.J. Stroud or Indianapolis with the way they're playing or Cincinnati with the weapons they have, I mean, you you definitely don't want to play that seven seed, even though – in years past, it's been almost a blowout. It almost has been a buy. Well, it would be a disaster if the seven seed is the Buffalo Bills, right? Oh my god! And then right. you're like Miami or Baltimore, who's the two seed, and you're like, "Are you kidding me? I gotta, we gotta deal with yeah. the team yeah. that's played the best football over the last six weeks coming to the town for the wild card round." That would be uh, unbelievable. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet five dollars and pocket one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTONED when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. So we close the book on that. We open the book on the wheel. It's oh, a, it's a look book. at the wheel. It's so small. It's getting like the triangles are getting so big now. The 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers. So we go from talking about the potential one seeds in the AFC to the one seed in the NFC. Seems like it was seems like it was like you guys manufactured yeah, this. Yeah, Kristen, have you programmed the wheel to make this show run seamless? Good job if if you have done that. Uh, um, all right, so uh, the 49ers, they got every. They don't need anything. Let's just move on. They don't no, need anything. No, let's just quit the season, put them in the Super Bowl and let's just give them a bye from now from <laughs> right? now till then. They should then. be giving, not receiving. Uh it's hard to find anything, right? That that's like a big thing to look at schematically, talent-wise. I mean, they got it all. We know that. My big thing is, and they've been doing this this year, and I think this is what's making them a little bit more of a dangerous offense than we've seen in years past. 
is throwing the ball, keep throwing the ball outside the numbers. Mm. You know, they, they don't live out there, but just like you saw with McCaffrey down the sideline the other night, right? Or we talked about the big throw against the Eagles game when the Eagles looked like they might be coming back. He throws the out route, and I said this was the play of the game. He throws like a 10-yard out route to get a first down on third down. Those are things that didn't happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right? He wasn't good at it. He didn't see it. He didn't throw the appropriate ball. Brock Purdy throws everything appropriate. So Shanahan has, I think, confidence in him to you know, not, be, not be a dicey decision maker or not feel like, oh, I could squeeze this out route in versus Patrick Sertain. He might pick six, it, but we'll see. I'll roll the dice. Like, he's got a great gauge on what's open, when to take the chance and all that. To me, when they throw outside the numbers – you know, that's when it's just, it's like, uh, I give up. I don't know what to defend. I don't know because they're just, they're tearing us apart everywhere. Because, of course, Shanahan does so many things with the run game in the middle of the field that you feel like you've got to defend that when you play them. And then all of a sudden when he hits Ayuk on out routes or Debo on a go route or Kittle on a corner route, you're going, damn. I mean, we're, we, we can't defend every square inch of the field. What the hell do we do? Yeah, I, they could be even more dangerous. That is a scary thought. Brandon uh, Panikar says, all I want for Christmas is the 49ers to stay healthy. As pro football talk, Mike Florio and Chris always say, the only thing that will stop the 49ers is an injury or two to the key eight or nine players they have. Yeah, no, that's true. They're a top-heavy football team. They play the most physical brand of football in the NFL. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's a point that Florio brings up all the time. It's why they're awesome to watch because they have psychos where if the coach just says run through the wall, they don't even ask. They just go, yep, I'm running before it even gets out of his mouth. So that's what's great about them. But, yeah, they're a team that I look at to go, yeah, the first round bye is a little more important to them, I think, maybe than other teams. With the physical brand, they play through the run, uh, sure. you know, how, all that type of stuff. Yes, you know, and Eric Armstead's been dealing with a foot injury all year or a lower leg injury, something there. Having a bye week for him will be crucial, you know. But, yeah, I, I think uh, our guy Brendan Panikar says it, says it right. You know, yeah. they're a little bit top-heavy, and they got eight or nine guys that are, of course, very key to their football team and overall success. All right, let's fire up the wheel once again. That is the fun thing about the 49ers. They're so talented, and they're so physical. It's yes. like they have it. They yeah. bring it all. Right. All right, we they do. Cl- we click, and there we go. Around, around we go, and we've got the Indianapolis Colts. We're barely hanging on there in the AFC. They're eight and six, but they are the seven seed right now. Been a surprising year. Maybe they have the coach of the year already. Don't need to get them that. Yeah. They got a good head coach. What are you getting? Em? You you heard me say this about them a few weeks ago. Find a way to throw the ball down the field more. That that would be the big thing with them. You know, run game good, RPOs good. Got a lot of cute ways to find five and eight and ten yard completions, right? But when I look about the games here as of late when they struggle, teams play that way against them. They go, wait, 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 we're gonna we're worried about the run. We're not gonna let you have all these high efficient eight and ten yard completions. We're not gonna do that. They're kind of calling their bluff. Remember, a few weeks ago, I was very happy with them against the Tennessee Titans because the Titans were playing all these defenses going, you're not going to throw it seven yards over the middle. You're not going to throw it six yards over here. We're just not going to let you do that all day to us. We're not going to let Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew just mm-hmm. pick us apart. So they got in their face. They played some zone coverages that stopped all that stuff. What'd they do? Remember? Alec Pierce deep, right? That kept yeah. going. They got to throw the ball and keep doing this a little bit. You know, They're letting teams off the hook with playing some of these defenses and not attacking them a little bit. That, to me, would be the big thing for them. You know, Happy with their defense. You've heard me say their secondary is not perfect and all that, but the D-line's damn good. You know, Offense has got everything, right? Uh, it's just 
Gardner Minshew's not a push-the-ball-down-the-field quarterback, and they got to find ways to help him push the ball down the field a little bit. Moose Maxwell, 31, says health to Jonathan Taylor and the Colts offensive line throughout yeah. the postseason. That would yeah. be good, too. That, that Colts offensive be. line is a resurgence this year. Uh, all right, well, time to spin the wheel again for our next playoff team. And that will be the Jacksonville Jaguars, the a team that is the four seed right now, a team that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Like maybe by the end of the year, we'll think they're the, the strongest team in the AFC. They have taken a step back for they, sure. They really have. You know, I think them not being able to run the football, teams kind of realizing that that hurts them. They don't even pass protect as good as they used to last year, so they can't attack down the field, I think, as much as they'd like to. The biggest thing, though, to me is is the defense. They got to find more ways to pressure the quarterback. That that that's the biggest thing, you know. A little bit like we talked about with the Ravens uh, a few minutes ago, you know, Jacksonville, they're in a tough spot, and especially a little bit more with Tyson Campbell being injured, to where they can't play as much a man to man. But yeah, they 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 can't get to the quarterback unless they they blitz people. When it's just the front four, no. It's it's not going to happen, and that to me is is the biggest problem. So almost like your Detroit Lions, and they got to find ways to finagle some pressure, be a little bit more creative in in that way. And I know that's not always easier said. You know, it's easier said than done because yeah, you want to finagle ways to get pressure, but hey, we're you know we're letting up some some big plays in the in the pass game or doing that because of it. You know, that's where you go. Ah, oh, damn, how much can I? finagle or tinker but I, I think they can and they're you know two I, I think I look at it and go you know that that's that's they got linebackers and I think a good enough secondary to where they can play with that a little bit I yeah. do I think they have the flexibility there with the talent on their team to where they can gamble a little bit more in that area I think to help out their defense a yeah, little they, they they might have some issues with physicality on the on the line so far because yeah 29th in sack rate yep. on the defensive side of right. things and then on the offensive side of things one thing I looked up 28 percent of the runs have been stuffed or no gain at all. For a loss or no gain at all, that's the worst in the NFL, and it is Jags Fanatic 93 that says the Jaguars' awful offensive line. Trevor buys them all golf carts, and they repay him by being ranked 31st overall. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's you know, how I started off the convo. I don't think you can fix it at this point. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, the big thing is, is they're different than last year. Jawan Taylor's not on the team anymore. He was their right tackle. He was really good last year. Their left tackle, Cam Robinson, he's hurt. He's not playing. Those are two like big time guys that are just not easily replaced. You know, the rookie Anton Harrison, he's not there yet. You know, Walker Little's not as good as either two either one of those guys were. The interior part of the offensive line, nothing special there either. So yeah, that's what's been disappointing. You know, there's no run game. There's not. They're gonna have to rely on Trevor Lawrence and his right arm to make it happen. And then hopefully their defense can find a way, like you're saying, with that sack rate to pressure the quarterback. And to me, yeah, it's going to have to be tricks, blitzes, right. camouflage, smoke and mirrors, whatever. Uh, but you know, all I know is they can't just play defense the status quo way or they're going to get picked apart. All right, we are down to four teams now, two in the AFC, two in the NFC. The Eagles are still out there, and they are still out there because we have the Green Bay Packers who took a step back. They're 6 and 8 right now. They're barely hanging on. I don't yeah, even know how to, I don't even they're know how to part of this discussion right yeah. now. 
Just because we got a couple tweets on him, Pete says. So we're well, making the homies happy. We got Packers fans. So let me get the, the tweets out there. Progressive Packers says uh, the Packers, he wants a new defensive coordinator. It's going to be tough to get that here at this point, a quality one um, with three weeks left in the season. And GJG Mer one says Rex Ryan running the Packers D. Well, there we go. We figured it out. Yeah, it's uh... – I mean, the defense has gotten shredded. And, and you know, there's a lot of things they do right on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, there's certain games and, and things where I go, damn, I, I like what they're doing here all together. Uh, but, yes, you know, a little like we've talked about with the Saints offense and their talent and it's underwhelming, yeah, I feel the same way with the Packers. You know, it's, it's, they're more talented than what their defense is showing on the football field, definitely. Now, they get some young guys. I think they've messed some things up. You know, and the young guys are still kind of learning their way in the NFL. I think that's part of the problem, too. Uh, but, yeah, everything with them is directly playoff-related. And, yeah, to be totally transparent, I didn't write anything down for them. Yeah. I wouldn't, if you weren't 7-7, seven and seven at least, I kind of acted like, yeah, you're not in this discussion for this purpose. So I don't have, like, a definitive I'll, I'll headline give you one. for it. I'll yeah. give you one. Yeah. Losses to help your draft pick for next year. At this point, that might help <laughs> you the most. Uh, so let's move on to our final three teams here. Although I do like some of the things the Packers have done, for sure. Jordan yeah. Love, they got their quarterback. They're on the right track. We'll give you something positive yeah. there. All right, we're ready, Kristen. Three teams left, and it's time to talk about the Steelers. Well, we have the Steelers in it, too? Well, I guess we have to because they're always in the mix, even though they are the 10 uh, spot right now in the AFC. They are 7-7, seven and seven, though. They Pete, are 7-7. Seven Pete, seven. Pete justifies right. this one. So Chris did put them on his list here. Uh, what's your gift to them? I think you, you've read my note here. I think you like what I wrote here. Uh, I mean, their, their gift is there is no gift. Okay, it's the hope the opposing team's D misses the bust of the game, sabotage the other team's bust. That's right. You know, blow their tires out, do something, make sure they can't get there. It, it'll still be tough for them to score points, even the, against the air. But, but yeah, I mean, really, I don't know what to say about Pittsburgh. It doesn't look good right now. You know, we're talking about effort with George Pickens now, like we were talking about with Deontay Johnson a few weeks ago. Their defense has gotten shredded, right? Everyone wants to blame Mike Tomlin. I get it. What I tried to say on PFT today, listen, Mike Tomlin, yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect, but, like, he's the least of their problems. Like, he's down, he's down the list. We certainly get on him a little bit for the offensive coordinator he hired. Okay, sure, I got that. But when you start to list the problems with the Steelers, they're more, to me, GM-related than coach-related, right? I mean, it's, it's what are we talking about? Six years in a row, the offensive line's not very good. You know, I, you know Mike Tomlin wasn't the GM that drafted Najee Harris in the first round, right? The Chase Claypool thing, that didn't work out. Deontay Johnson, okay, it's been somewhat good. You know, George Pickens, we'll see where that goes, right? But, like, where everybody acts like the Steelers have these, like, five-star players all over the field. The defense, I mean, yeah, they got T.J. Watt. They got Cam Hayward, who's good, not great anymore. They got Highsmith. Highsmith, good. Right. So they got Watt, Highsmith, and Minka Fitzpatrick, right? You know, they got no middle linebackers to talk about that are worth a damn right now. There's not enough young defensive line talent. You know, the corners are not special. Porter looks like he maybe has a chance. But, yeah, there's more than just, you know, Mike Tomlin here right now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. There, yeah. There's a lot of blame that can go around. We're talking about should they replace the quarterback two years after drafting him already? I mean, when Al Michaels and Herb Street are saying that on Thursday Night Football, they're saying that because people in the organization told them they're not sure about the quarterback they took in the first round two years ago. That's why they said that. So, 
You know, that, those aren't Mike Tomlin problems all the way there. Hiring the coordinators is, is you for know, sure. so that's yeah. part of it. Too. That and, you know, some would say, well, you just need a new voice. Now, like, well, to whom? Because the players are different, you know, from, from what they were 10 years ago. And they probably will be different next year, too, because it's a roster that you mentioned needs some yeah, turnover. Needs some over. Needs, needs, yeah. some fl- needs some flip over there for sure. All right. Spin the wheel. We got two teams left. We got the Broncos. We've got the Eagles. This is not our. We're not biased against the Eagles. I don't know no. how they've lasted this long. We do have the Eagles here. We land on them. They're ten and four. They're sliding. They're the five seed in the NFC right now. Lockdown cornerback says Eagles coaching. Merry Christmas, everyone. So he wants to give them some better coaching. Matt Hassan four says literally to just have the Eagles commit to and stay patient with a traditional run game. What are you getting them, Chris? Oh, I like what. Uh, at Matt Hassan Four said, that, "You're going to steal his answer." Well, my answer was a little. Di- I just wrote, "Diversify your run game." Not enough run concepts. Certainly, though, to his point, commit and stay more patient with it. Again, you know, you've heard me say the last few weeks. I was saying this before this got to this point. Jalen Hurts was not playing good. You know, I think people are seeing it now because it's translating into losses, and now it's like for some reason people can see it. But I want, you know, we talked about when they were winning games, there was bad habits being formed, right? You know, there was decisions where you're like, I don't know why he's throwing this. Uh, there's a, why is he running here? The guy's wide open for a 20-yard completion. Why is he leaving the pocket here? The pocket's fine. People are open down the field. Now he scrambled and he threw it away, right? Or he scrambled for four yards and he went to go, yeah, that's great. But there was a 40-yard completion down the middle. That's not a positive grade at quarterback. So, like, there's issues there. And obviously that's not just all on Jalen Hurts. It's yet the offense doesn't have as many answers because of Shane Steichen not being there, right? And, yeah, I don't think he's the type of talent that's ever going to be able to go, I got you guys, I'll carry you with my right arm and throw lasers all over the field to make it happen. That's not what he is, right? So, yeah, it's still the biggest, baddest offensive line in football. They have, like, two run plays. You know that bothers me. I mean – even in the game the other night, it's like the same two or three run plays all game long. Do some more there. Help out Jalen Hurts. Your O line's awesome. Swift is really good, right? You know, get some people to come down there and worry about the run more to where it can be AJ Brown and Devontae Smith one on one a whole lot. And that to me is, you know, one of the, like, again, their defense is not going to be fixed right now. I don't care if it's Matt Patricia or Bill Belichick they bring in there. It's too late for them to implement all their core football defensive ideas and, and think it's going to be imposed under the defense at this point of the year. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the troubling thing is that they're both sides of the ball could use some things in the defense more far gone than yeah, you'd definitely. ever think The disappointment of Monday night was you were playing a Seattle Seahawks defense that sucks. And that the offense can only score 17 points in that situation, that's the disappointing thing of the football night there. Bird Gang Biss says, all I want for Christmas is C.J. Gardner-Johnson back in the Eagles secondary. Besides the coordinators, he was the biggest loss. Birds miss his playmaking and his swag. And he says, at Ahmed NBC, going to crush Sunday Night Football. Well-deserved, but got to watch those cusses on TV. Fly Eagles fly. That is true. <laughs> He's good. Have to, I like I'm it. I'm going to have to turn that switch off. I like it off. at Bird Gang I'm Biss. Have that's to turn that good. Switch, switch well off. done. Well um, played. Dirty look, mouth on it. And looking at the numbers real quick, too, on the Eagles' defense, it's mind-boggling, right? They have allowed 
points on 40% of drives. That's fifth worst in the NFL. It's just mind-boggling how bad they are it this is. year. It is. Uh, they are 31st in the NFL in interception rate, so they're not getting turnovers. Nope. And they are last on third down, allowing conversions on 48% of third downs. Just, just like a lot of metrics, that defense has been so bad this year. They all year. point to simple, comfortable quarterback, not enough chaos and creativity on that side of the ball like there was last year that had quarterbacks going, wait, what the fuck is this? Said Hunt, oh shit, it changed to something else and I still don't know what the fuck it is oh I got crushed I'm down and sacked already before I even got to figure it out that's where Jonathan Gannon was special and they're not doing that right now like I said there's too many times quarterbacks in the line of scrimmage you go oh okay it's this front it's this coverage set hut oh it's this front it's this coverage oh completion for 20 no big deal last one to go the Broncos seven and seven one game back of the wild card in the AFC your gift to them would be oh oh we, we are doing single this spin. spin. It's like a record. <laughs> I'm glad we did the spin. Uh, thanks, Pete and Kristen back there and Gabby. And uh, I think we have Mackenzie in the building today too, working on the pod. So well done. And Morgan is here as always. Um, we got to see a, a wheel spin with just one name. Well, the biggest thing is you know I, I just I I, I wrote a uh, an open ended question basically like yeah. how can Sean Payton and Russell Wilson be the worst offense inside the ten yard line in the NFL? Like, how could that be, right? Now, one, they're not a great running team. Two, I think they're afraid of Russell Wilson and what he might do. So I think he's being managed to a degree there. And, yeah, I don't think that because of that, Sean Payton has been able to maybe unveil his full package of stuff down there because he's gone, we'll take a field goal and play defense and maybe we'll score the next drive with a big touchdown pass from the 40-yard line or something like that. But he's not going to let Russell do something a little reckless, which we've seen him do over the last few years in those situations. I think that's the biggest thing. Now, they're not going to win any playoff games if that's the way they play. So at some point, they're going to have to go, Russell, sink or swim time. You're either going to throw touchdowns and we're going to win, or you're going to throw interceptions and we're going to lose, and we'll we'll try to fix this problem in the offseason. But that, to me, is the most glaring thing for them to fix. Uh, you know, other things I don't think are realistic to fix at this point. Yeah, it it's, uh, shows up in the numbers, too, as far as they are the last in scoring touchdowns in goal-to-goal situations have done it just 54% it's of incredible. the time. You know who's first? Kind of surprising. Who's first in scoring touchdowns in goal-to-goal situations? Mm. Goal-to-go situations. Yeah, it's, it's, mm. I, it's a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Gosh. Who, let's see, I'm trying to think of who this could be here. It's not Atlanta, is it? It's not Atlanta. It is the Green Bay Packers. It's the Packers. 94%. Interesting. Yeah. They're pretty creative down there. And they got some dudes that they can throw one-on-ones to. They still can run the ball pretty good to respect. And then, yeah, we've seen them do some cool reverses and other things like that down there to, to kind of help it out that way too. But, yeah, I wouldn't expect expected that. That's, that's, that's surprising. All right, so that was fun. That was a good exercise. Was a good I, exercise. I enjoyed that. We're going a little long here, yeah. so we just have time. We, we have a couple things. I've, I've been slacking on the Big Bud Awards because I wasn't here last week, right. and I, I didn't do it. So we'll, we'll table that okay. for a second. We'll, we'll do a run of Big Bud Awards maybe next week. Okay, fine. Um, and we'll hand out elephant trophies to start shipping them all over the country. Gotcha. But we have had teams eliminated here now. We've got one, two, three, four, five. Uh, we got we got to lay them to rest lay them to at rest. this point. Pay, their, so, pay your respects. So we'll end the podcast with this. The Cardinals are first here. Uh, this is a good way to end the pod, too, because it's kind of like we're running high, and you hear that music. Yeah, and like, this okay. calms us down a little bit. Gets right. us into death mode. Here, here lie the Arizona Cardinals. 
The end of the year, they played like booty. Time to trade Kyler, even if he is a beauty. Oh no, what the heck? The team forgot to check. Does Caleb play Call of Duty? <laughs> Do we know? <laughs> Did we know? Well done. I mean, maybe don't move well on. Well done. Don't move on too quickly. You little uh, tricky bastard, you. Two homies had the Cardinals making the playoffs. Wow. Britt Early and Mr. Chicken Dance. Ooh, I like that name. Okay. It's All not right. Sundance, it's Chicken Dance. You guys are you guys were wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, here lie the New England Patriots. Wow, this is a shock Crazy, already. Right. So many things to make a New Englander ill. That one quarter with Zappy, the lone thrill. It was forever a fear, and next year it's here. A Patriot season with one fewer bill. Oh, man, I know. Isn't that that's crazy? It, right? It's we basically could be getting done. to that here. Isn't, isn't it like, it's almost like people are just like, yeah, that's happening. I know. I know. It seems kind of inevitable. We'll see where it goes. It does feel that way, though. 5% of the homies had the Patriots making the playoffs. And I believe I was one of those homies. Damn. I think I did have them making the playoffs. Sorry about that. Uh, The Washington Commanders. All right. It's a season that needed a genie. The good moments, incredibly teeny. The team had no heart. It was bad from the start when Bienemy turned out to be a big meanie. It's just too mean. A big meanie. They didn't know. They didn't like, oh, know. Damn, he's too harsh. Hired this guy. He mother f's us all the time. How dare he? Ten uh, percent of the commanders, our, our homies, had the commanders making the playoffs. Wow, including myself. Wow. And Pete has done the research. I also had the Patriots making damn, the playoffs. Damn, you're losing credibility <laughs> as you go here. We're gonna lay you to rest. Cowboys need to win the Super Bowl for my one big pick to be right here. All right, the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans. Here we go. The team's not playing with a full deck. Most of the season was a wreck. The team wasn't able, and it wasn't just Vrabel, watching them gave us all a crick in our neck. Not oh, just not just Mike. The old crick of the A.J. The old, Brown crick, the crick, crick in the neck. The old crick in the neck. Yeah, we'll see. He's one of the best coaches in football. You give them this offseason, spend some money and draft here, the, the, the Titans will turn it around. Yeah, 12% of the homies had the Titans making the playoffs. You were wrong. And we end with the Jets, whose 13-year playoff drought, the longest in the four American sports, we like to say that if Matt Casey is listening, uh, will continue. 70% of the homies, including you and me. I know. Had the Jets making the playoffs. We thought it was going to be a different team. Damn. Yeah, we did. But, damn, you had three out of the five teams here. You had them go to the playoffs. It's week 15, and they're, <laughs> Man, they're, they're dead. <laughs> All right, here you go. Here lie the New York Jets. The quarterbacks gave so little after Aaron's calf did a wiggle. The Jets spent their draft picks and millions of gold bricks just so he could give Mac a few. A few giggles. That is true. That's basically <laughs> that all we got. Good one. That was your best one right there. <laughs> His Pat got to laugh this yep. year. That's all that the That's Jets all got that none matter. of that. That's all that matters. Uh, Lee Eisen says, as a diehard Jets fan who has already been called bitter on this pod <laughs> and by my friends who are sick of hearing my complaints, I'll just say all I want is some Jack Herr and Ahmed to once again say the F word. Oh, so Jack Herrera. Is, oh, Herrera. Jack Herrera is, is one of my favorite sativa weeds, right? That's oh. one of my favorite weeds. That's why I didn't know yeah. that one. Yeah. I was like, is he in a movie? Was he a cop yeah. in a mall movie? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Herrera. Yep, yep. So, all right, well. I can uh, maybe supply the Jack Herrera, and I don't know about <laughs> getting Ahmed to say the fuck word again. I'm not, not gonna sure happen. that's going to happen. Uh, by the way, Pete has all of the homie predictions compiled in a spreadsheet. 
you can check uh, your social media account for a link for that. So, Chris, good job. Thank you for tweeting I, I, that I out. I compiled it all. You know me. <laughs> Mr. Compilation of Social Media Guy. Good That's job. me over there. All hey, right. well done. They were very creative. Yeah, that was, thank they you. Really, thank and you. I feel relaxed. I really Isn't did. that a great that, way to end is, the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And people would say that. Killing it's good people. at the end. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> we lay them to rest, and then we, we go. We go on uh, our way. Okay. Good day, everybody. We killed a few people. And yep. uh, Hey, you know where to find us. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the little exercise today. Hope everybody enjoys their Christmas. For the people that might not listen to the Pick Spot tomorrow with Florio and I, that will be coming. But for those who don't, yes, please have a great weekend. Enjoy the Christmas holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas to all those out there. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Ahmed, as always, appreciate you driving the ship. Again, tomorrow, me and Florio, Week 16, Pick'em Podcast, Chris Sims, Unbutton, PFTPM collaboration. All right, everybody, be good. You know where to find us. Peace out. Clap it up. Clap it up. Are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.